Good morning, everybody. Good new- morning, New York sports fans. I'm Daniel McCartan. McCartan after midnight. We'll be talking all things New York sports with you guys till 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning. Or maybe you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps. The clubs are probably just closing 3 o'clock. Coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio in Lower Manhattan. And let me tell you, it was the weirdest thing just sitting here watching it go from 159.59 to 3 o'clock. 2 o'clock is gone. We skipped over it this morning. I hope that didn't screw you up. <laughs> We're going to be together a lot tonight till 6 a.m. on this guy's International Women's Day. I got Marufo behind the glass tonight. He's ready, willing, and able to take your phone calls. And you guys know that number, 877-337-6666. Let's load him up with your best content only, please. Of the 11 professional teams in our area, the WNBA, the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, and soccer, the longest tenured coach in our great city is Aaron Boone. He was hired on December 4th, 2017, just two years, three months ago. Coming off a 19-point win against the Spurs, the Brooklyn Nets pivoted and celebrated by firing their head coach, Kenny Atkinson. Clearly, something went down after that game Friday night. Why else would this have happened at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning? We live in a time where there is no loyalty, especially in terms of superstars in sports. Gone in our town are the days of Derek Jeter, David Wright, Eli Manning, finishing their careers in the same cities that they started in. And if it does occur, it certainly is not the norm. I've told you guys my Jets jersey buying history. Vinny Testaverde, Keyshawn Johnson, Winkerbet, Jericho Cotri, Mark Sanchez authentic after two back-to-back seasons in the AFC Championship game. I had enough. So I started buying t-shirts, as you know. I'm not made of money. Here's my list of t-shirt purchases. Eric Decker, short sleeves and long sleeves. Brendan Marshall. Brandon Marshall, Darrell Revis, and finally, Jamal Adams, which is fine. But then the Jets changed their entire uniform. So now my Adams 33 is old. Guys, we live in an age where now when you purchase a jersey, it comes with a free replacement jersey if that active player you purchase switches teams within 90 days of your purchase. What? Where else, when else, have we ever seen this? Ever. And as Kenny Atkinson and Nets fans have learned Saturday morning, personnel could be gone at the drop of the hat, out of nowhere, when they least expect it. After Kenny Atkinson created a culture that turned a 20-win team when he took it over to a playoff team last season, and if the season ended today, a seventh seed in the playoffs team, within the four years. In his tenure was four years. After Kenny Atkins' culture attracted two of the most coveted free agents last summer in Kyrie Irving and in Kevin Durant, no one expected them to win a championship this year. Nobody. This team is set to win a championship next year. It wasn't a secret. 
Kevin Durant, in the season opening press conference, I went back to it. He said, I was doing a lot of YouTube research on Kenny Atkinson, and I really liked his approach to his craft as a coach. And that's what drew me in pretty quickly. That's what he said. And then last summer, Atkinson said, you know, I'm going to do his gravelly voice. So now our job is, how do we keep Durant and Irving here without compromising our culture? It's a great challenge for us to figure out. Who wouldn't want this opportunity? Well, Kenny Atkinson, you never had the opportunity to coach both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same court at the same time. Saturday, Nets GM Sean Marks was asked about how Durant and Irving factored into the decision to part ways with Kenny Atkinson. He, he said, same way all 17 players factored into it. Does literally a single human being believe that? So, I mean, was this a vote? If I'm a Nets player, I'm not voting against what Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant want. I'm not going to put a target on my back so they could team up and get me shipped out. You also can't imagine a split vote between the two of them on this team. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've seen this story before. You know, when Brutus and Cassius, senators, assassinated Julius Caesar in the middle of the Roman Forum? Well, in 2020, Irving and Durant played the roles of Brutus and Cassius, while Atkinson is clearly Julius Caesar. And so, Jacques Vaughn will take over as the interim head coach of the Brooklyn Nets and continue to steer Atkinson's in the playoffs if the season ended today team for the remainder of the season. One man's trash is another man's treasure, as they say. So should the Knicks, who have a vacancy at their head coach position for most of this season, really, after they fired David Fisdale, will Kenny Atkinson become the eighth head coach, including permanent and interims, of the New York Knicks in the most recent 10 years? 67% of you in my highly scientific Twitter poll seem to think so. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I had the poll open for three hours today. I agree with you. Actually, the Knicks are stocked with first-round draft picks and young talent in Barrett and Robinson, etc. Atkinson would be a perfect fit for the Knicks, especially having navigated the New York media already in, you know, recent history. Was Atkinson really one of the reasons why Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving chose Brooklyn? And if so, the Knicks should be even more in on Atkinson. They didn't even sniff a sit-down interview with either of those guys last season. Remember when the Nets did that ultimate troll job of the Knicks earlier this season? We talked about it. When the Knicks went to Brooklyn, the first game that they went out there, the Nets, the Nets had a Kyrie Irving jersey giveaway to drive that point home that they got him and the Knicks didn't. Well, we talked about it on here, how awesome that giveaway was. What if the Knicks then turned around and hired the Nets' outgoing coach for next season? And... Speaking of the New York Knickerbockers, Wednesday night, they drew the smallest home crowd in nearly 13 and a half seasons, falling more than 3,200 fans below capacity. Guess what? That same night, the Seton Hall versus Villanova game at the Prudential Center outdrew the Knicks versus Jazz at the Mecca, the Garden, by 275 people. More people went to a college basketball game then watch the New York Knicks live on Wednesday night. You think Seton Hall could beat the Knicks? And by the way, the NBA has sent a memo to his franchises explaining that due to the coronavirus outbreak, 
The teams should be preparing to play games without fans in attendance, just like in Italy, and identifying essential staff present for those games should it be necessary. Isn't that the question on every single Yankees fan's mind this weekend? What is going on? First, it was James Paxton, who recently elected back surgery on an injury sustained during the final week of the regular season last season. He's eyeing a return in late May. Second, it was Luis Severino, who felt pain in October. MRI didn't show anything. Then Severino in the offseason flew back to the United States twice for medical testing. They still didn't find anything. Then someone had this bright idea to complete an MRI with dye. And there you go. Just like my big fat Greek wedding. Bam! Four months later, February 2020, Tommy John surgery is recommended for presumably the number two starter in the Yankees rotation in 2020. See ya in 2021, Severino. And now, it's Aaron Judge. I told you guys last week that this one worried me most since they couldn't exactly pinpoint what it was. Was it a shoulder injury? Was it a pec injury, as Aaron Boone indicated? In a Friday news dump, the world learned that Aaron Judge has been battling discomfort from, guess what? A stress fracture in his right rib. Boone said, you could do surgery at some point to remove the rib, so I wouldn't say that's off the table. But you don't want to do that right now, especially if the bone is healing. I'm no doctor or anything, although I really think I could be with as much training and stuff that I've gone through and how much I just kind of, you know, like it. But let me get this straight. If the bone has not yet healed between September and today, March 8th, what makes you think it'll heal over the next two-week rest period? So will it be thoracic outlet surgery? Will it be rib plating surgery? If, in fact, those are the ones we're talking about, they come with a four- to six-week recovery period. Just do it already. He could be back by the end of April if he do it already, not missing too much time. The hulking Aaron Judge will not be ready for opening day in pinstripes because of an injury he suffered during last regular season. Cue that DJ Khaled another one that doesn't make any sense to me. Also, don't forget that this was the same medical staff that diagnosed Luke Voigt after the London series with a sports hernia. He rehabbed and got back into the lineup through the postseason. And then Voigt sought an off-season consultation with a specialist in Philadelphia for his injury. Voigt said the doctor told him, he told me I tore everything down there. I was just like, wow, I didn't really know it was that bad. So in October, he went underwent surgery to repair bilateral core injuries. What are we doing here? So Judge won't be ready for opening day, and that's an almost absolute certainty. Not for anything, but the Rangers goaltender Igor Shesterkin, Shesterkin, <laughs> I always had an extra S in there, ra- fractured a rib in a car crash, and he was ready to play virtually two weeks later. So we counted down from like 75 days until pitchers and catchers, and now there are 18 days until opening day. Let's get it. Looking for more of my content? I'm recording episode three of my Power Players podcast on Radio.com, and my guest is Danita Johnson, president and COO of the L.A. Sparks WNBA team. Send us your questions. Email them to me. Tweet, tweet me. And if you want to catch up, you go on to WFAN's website, podcast tab, or Radio.com, or their app. Search Power Players. Let's hit the calls. All's on the table. Cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartney after midnight on The Fan. 
mean, most of your fan base and mine too is mostly male. What message could you deliver to those people? Uh, you know, it's it's. I'm I'm glad that you know that that day's going on, and uh, it, you really don't take more appreciation to it until uh, you have a daughter. And um, but you know, I, I'm, I have sisters, and I have a mother, and you know. Uh, you, this world wouldn't really work without women, to be completely honest. And yeah. I know my world wouldn't work without the woman in my life. And, um, you know, to to just cherish and, you know, be able to celebrate um, just women around the world is always a great thing to do. And um, I would say, you know, everyone take part of it and, um, you know, take that day to make sure that the, the loved ones that you have in your life and the people that you care about, let them know how much you care about them. And that was special guest. I told you guys, I teased it. International, internationally known. Saquon Barkley was my special guest number one here tonight. And by the way, uh, today, what we were talking about, why I asked the question. Um, first of all, where was I? I was at the U.S. Women's National Team practice today and looked over. And um, there there Saquon Barkley was with his daughter right there. She's, what, less than two years old-ish. And uh, and I asked if I can interview him. And, and sure enough, the answer was yes. So uh, I, I appreciate that, of course. Um, and... You know, just want to say thanks to the Giants for allowing me to do that. But um, Saquon Barkley, talking about his daughter, it is International Women's Day. He took his little daughter to go see the best team in the world play. And I thought that was so cool. So throughout the night, back from each and every commercial break, I am going to have um, uh, interviews, my, what I talked to the, the players uh, today, um, with a few different ones. So the first of the three, as promised, is Saquon Barkley. So, uh, also happening today, here's a quote from GM Sean Marks of the New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. He said, after discussions with Kenny and the pro- about the progress of the season, we mutually agreed that a coaching change would be in the best interest of the team. This was an extremely difficult decision. However, the organization believes that it is one that is necessary at this time. Kenny was instrumental in developing our players and building the identity and culture that we have known for the past four seasons. Blah, blah, blah. The foundation he helped put in place is here is one that we will continue to build on uh, upcoming seasons. Ian Begley says that some players felt that Atkinson had lost at least a portion of the locker room. Man, only a portion? What about Adam Guru? How is he still coaching the New York Jets? He lost more than a portion in last season. And they say it's common to see a coach lay the foundation and yet another coach coming in and win. I mean, that happened to me. It's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. But I digress. Let's go to the phones. 877-337-6666. Get aboard. Join the program. Join me and Saquon Barkley. And now CJ in Mount Holly. You're on the fan. Danielle, how you doing? What's up, CJ? All right. You know, looking at the situation with the Mets, it's just so weird that this happened. We always thought that these two guys were on the same page and getting a culture together. But since there's going to be a coaching change, what do you think about Nick Pacino maybe going to the Nets? He's basically a free agent now, and he deserves a chance. I don't like guys like that who got screwed by the system. To me, this guy goes basketball and still coach. Yeah, and CJ, here's the thing. I, it, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, you know, at length. But like, it it, it doesn't matter who you or I want or who I want. It doesn't matter. It's whoever Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant want, and that's it. Exactly. And the, the report is, you know, Sports Illustrated tweeted at at twelve forty that uh, Kyrie Irving wants Tyron Lue as the next head coach. So let's let's look forward to the press conference because that's <laughs> that's probably who it's going to be. If that's who he wants, that's probably who he's going to get. 
Oh, that would be an, an absolutely awful choice. Uh, getting to judge and the Smith situation, you know what? I think it is for thoracic outlet syndrome. Sometimes it's very hard to diagnose. You get vague symptoms. That's what happened to Harvey. And I'll tell you yes. something. If it's that injury, it's not just the sport of six weeks. It's the season. He'll be done and see him next year. That's a possibility. That would be absolute worst-case scenario. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they would do, but you know what? I think Miguel Andujar can fill in, especially in the outfield. He's got the basic athleticism. You know, he's very fast. And I think he's going to end up being a better outfielder than he would playing the infield. So I expect him to get more action out there. Yeah, and, and that seemed, that's got to be the plan. Because it, whether he, first of all, first base, I told you this last week, first base is a disaster for him. So yep. where he's going to get in, it's going to be in the outfield, and he's got such. He's poised to do it with with Stanton out, Judge out, and whatever else happens. It's either going to be DH or outfield for him, so he better embrace that role if he wants to see any playing time. All right, now another question with the shaky outfield situation. I know stage is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance you think that Esteban Floriel can be brought up by the end of the season? He has the potential for what I understand to be classic five tool outfielder. What do you think is going to happen with him during the season? What are you hearing? Yeah, CJ, that, that's a good point. Floreal, I, I don't know if the Yankees feel that he is, you know, ready yet. And and the timeline would be like now. I mean, by the end of the season, you would think that Stanton would be back. You would think that Judge would be back. And that just adds to the depth and kind of pushes him down the depth chart. So I think if he was going to make a move, it, it would be earlier rather than later. So right now he, he is not really in the, in the talks at all, really. Um, with the Yankees to take over an outfield spot. So it, it looks like it's probably going to be Talkman, Gardner, and uh, and Frazier as, as opening day, as what I think it might be as of today. You know, when you mentioned Talkman, I'm always scared about these guys who basically thought his career minor leaguers that had a you know, nice stretch you know, last year. Do you really count on Talkman? Do you think he's really going to do the job? I think once the league gets numb a little bit, he's going to be toast. And I think that you might have to look elsewhere. Yeah, but where? I don't know. You know what? Supposedly, he's still got no plays in the organization. I don't know who they're going to be looking at. But you know something about the Yankees. You know they will get the necessary pieces by the trading deadline. So I still think the Yankees, even with the injuries, are still going to win 95 to 100 games. Yeah, I agree with you, CJ. And, and thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean... It's just the timing of this all is is the worst part about it. It's because you have all these injuries right at the outset. So in the beginning, that's when all these guys are going to get a chance to make their mark on this team. Once you talk, start talking about trade deadline and all that, I mean, that's a long way away. All of these injuries, hopefully knock on wood, will have um, kind of solved themselves. And, and then the Yankees have a clear picture of where they're going and where they've come from and where they're going to. But right now... I mean, the outfield competition is, how I see it, wide open for the Yankees. Wide open, except for center field where Brett Gardner is going to be playing. But the corner outfield positions are open. It's up to wh- whomever it is to go up and, and rise up and go get it. That's what I, why I like spring training. From a coach's perspective, that's why I like spring training. I told you guys that last week. Who is going to be that guy that steps up? Right now for the Yankees, it's looking like it's going to be Talkman and Frazier, Clint Frazier, finally. We're going to see what he can do at the major league level. Okay, 877-337-6666. Robert in Manhattan, you're on the fan. 
Good morning, Danielle. Wow. I got to tell you, I was floored by what you said. I loved, as a former high school and college history instructor, I, w- I loved your historical reference to what happened in the Roman Senate. Oh, the Julius the 40- Caesar thing? <laughs> in the year 44 BCE. Are you a history specialist? No, but I teach Italian, so I know. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it, it, was, it was marvelous. And I would point out to you, and you probably read about that assassination, yeah. that the motivations for Brutus and Cassius were diametrically opposed 180 degrees. Brutus was a Republican. Cassius and the rest of the conspirators were in it for themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to point something out about International Women's Day. Yes. I don't know if you know what NBCSN is doing tonight. They're yes. going to broadcast their usual Sunday night hockey game, yep. but the entire broadcast crew will be women. How cool. And I am looking forward to it, and that is so cool. Yeah, I'm going to be at the women's national game, so I won't be able to watch it, but I, I'll see highlights and stuff. It's going to be really cool. It, it, re- it, it really is. As far as the Nets are concerned, yeah. well, you know what? I'm not a Nets fan, but i got to tell you, I don't care who the coach is. That team is going to get bounced out in round one. If they're the seventh seed, Toronto will probably toy with them. If they're the eighth seed, Milwaukee will wipe them off the floor. Are you talking this season? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as the Knicks are concerned, you know, I know this will never happen. But you know what would be great? If somehow the fans, because I have to tell you, the ones that I don't feel sorry for the most are the fans. Because you know what? They sit through these games, this farce. They go there. They spend their money. What would be great is if one game, all 18,000 of them would get up and just give Dolan the South Bronx salute. I know. And then never, walk out. I know. It's it'll, never going to happen, though. It'll, it'll never happen. But you know what? I mean, it, 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 it is such a joke, uh, you know, that we have uh, in the, uh, 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 you know, in, at Madison Square Garden. Last question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you an NHL fan? I mean, I watch it when it's on. Oh, who do you think is coming out of the Eastern Conference this year? In terms of the wild card, do you think? Yeah, you mean? No, 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 no. Not the wild card. Who's, who do you think is going to represent the Eastern Conference oh, oh, in, the in, the, in the Cup? Oh, God. I, I don't know. You'd have to think. I mean, I think Philadelphia. It's the Bruins here. I think it's the Flyers, I think. You know, that's funny you say that. I actually had a chat with uh, uh, Sal Licata mm-hmm. uh, last night. And he said his sleeper team is Philadelphia. Yeah. I, yeah, an interesting choice. They're balanced. They are They're on. just very balanced. And, that, and I feel that wins in any sport. Balance wins championships, I think. Well, listen, you keep up the good work. I love hearing your voice. You know your stuff. And as they say, go get it. <laughs> well, Robert, thank you. I appreciate the call. And, uh, and he expounded upon hey, – that's a good word too, isn't it? He expounded upon my, uh, my Julius Caesar reference. And, and isn't that what it is? Really, because it's like you got two big name guys that are part of this regime in both Julius Caesar's regime and in the Nets regime. Two of these big name guys kind of sort of overthrew their their leader, both in, in ancient Rome and in 2020 Brooklyn. And these reports that that. Kyrie Irving wants Tyron Lue to be to be the the coach. I mean, first of all, why are you even talking to anybody about that? Like, 
like, I don't know. Like, it's just brand new news and already you have an opinion on it. I mean, that's kind of crazy. So if you think that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant woke up this morning and were just as shocked as you or I that the Brooklyn Nets were going to have a new head coach beginning, I don't know, either this season or, or beginning of next season, if you think they were just as shocked as, as you and I was, oh, come on, you got another thing coming. I had a bridge to sell you in the desert in Las Vegas because they knew and they were a part of it and they knew. And I just wish that Sean Marks got up there and, and told the truth because I don't think he told the truth. When he said that, that you know, they had just as much input as the other 17 players. First of all, why are the players even having an input anyway? Who's running the team here? Who's in charge? The Nets won 20 games with Kenny Atkinson in his first season. They won 28 the next season. An improvement. And then the Nets made the playoffs last season with almost double the, the number of wins. They made this playoffs as a sixth seed. And if the season ended today, the Nets would hold the seventh seed in the NBA playoffs. And there's 42 calendar days to go until then. And a lot can happen. I know that. But the timing of it is just awkward. Like, Saturday morning, pretty much midway through the season, you're just going to dump your coach. I mean, what? They said, oh, because it'll give him enough time to be able to uh, find a new job and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, come on. Come on. Because then problem would be if the Nets made the playoffs this season, which they're poised to do, right? Like I just said, if they're, they're 28 and 34, which I think is ridiculous that a 28 and 34 team would make the playoffs, but that's besides the point. Right now, they would be the seventh seed out of eight in the playoffs. So let's say they make the playoffs. How could you fire a coach that made the playoffs? Right? And now, you know, you got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They're unhappy with it. Do you keep them or what? That's like Joe Girardi. So how can you do it? Well, maybe you can go ahead and ask Brian Cashman how you do it. Because they did it to Joe Girardi, and that was terrible what they did to him. After he brought that overachieving Yankees team, the baby bombers, you know. You know when, when Aaron Judge hit, what, 52 home runs that season? Joe Girardi brings him within one game of the World Series against the cheating Astros. And then the Yankees let him go, what, three or four days later? I mean, come on. So that should the Knicks be all in on Kenny Atkinson? What is up with the New York Yankees? How are they going to survive this? And is Yuri's Familia on the rebound? Obviously, more your calls after the break. 877-337-66. And pay attention to the next voice you're going to hear after Marco's update on the 40. You tell me who it is. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. What has been your biggest triumph? I think just paving the way, you know, inspiring the next generation good luck. Um, on and you. off the field. Mm-hmm. I think this, this team has done a really good job of uh, being successful um, both on and off the field. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think just, just being that role model um, for anybody out there, uh, you know, who's maybe doubted or uh, told they can't do something, um, I think, you know, a lot of things, that, you know, have to come into play. But with hard work, dedication, and, and sacrifice, you know, there's – there's a lot of uh, possibility out there, and uh, that's hopefully the message that I can um, resonate with people. And, of course, that is the, the voice of Carly Lloyd, number 10 on the U.S. women's national team. Uh, so that was from earlier today. That was my interview with her earlier today. So pretty cool in, on this International Women's Day, of course. Um, did you know that in Italy, what they do 
is the men buy women um, the these um, flowers, mimosas, the yellow flowers. You know, so hey, maybe you want to do that today for for whomever, and it doesn't have to be a significant other. It could be your mom or something like that. Go out and get him some mimosas and tell him you learned it here. I'm a carton after midnight. That's what the Italians do. But maybe you already knew that, especially in this area. So we've got a, a state of of I don't know. I don't want to say chaos, but like uncertainty. We'll use this the word uncertainty surrounding our New York sports teams. Sports teams. We got the Nets with without a permanent coach. Just fired their their permanent coach today. You got the Knicks without a permanent coach. They got an interim. You've got I mean, the Yankees are in total flux. I mean, what is going on with those injuries that are, are, are dating back to last season? And do you believe it? One of the most stable teams in New York is like is is the Mets. <laughs> really? Do you really believe that? And of course, you got the Islanders and the Rangers locked in for a uh, a wild ride to the playoffs. Hopefully, they both make it. That'd be great. And the Devils are kind of just you know out of it. So. Uh, let's hit the calls. 877-337-6666. DJ in New Jersey, my home state. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? What's up, DJ? Uh-oh. Oh, oh, there you are. Oh, okay, good. good. How are you? I'm good, good. How are you? Doing great. So, yeah, I was talking about the, the state of the franchises in our area. Mm-hmm. So you got Yankee decide because they're stable. So what are, franchise- are they, though, with, with the injuries? I mean, no, but just in the in the organization within itself. Okay, it, you know, okay. You know, so what? Who has the best franchise right now that's stable, and who's most unstable? So I'm thinking it's like the Rangers. I, I'm a Devils fan, but the Rangers are they got the stuff together. Yep. Then they got the Knicks, who are completely in disarray with the same owner. So, what's your opinion? Who I, do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a good assessment. I mean, I think I'd put Rangers number one. Because I loved what the Rangers did at the trade deadline. They kind Perfect. of they, they what they did was they they locked up Kreider for the here and now. Unfortunately, he got hurt, but they locked him up for the here and now, and then they made trades for the future. They got a first round draft pick out of that trade deadline. So the Rangers clearly have their stuff together, as you said. I'd say second place would probably be the Yankees, you know, front office wise, and then at the bottom, what about? What about those Knicks? I mean, come on. Like, why can't they attract a big-name free agent? That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest question for me. And they're worth $4 billion. Yeah. I don't understand. I know. But, but Either, either Dolan is he's a miracle man or just good luck. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how he can run two organizations and they go two different directions. Well, I, I think the perception is, at least that from the outside looking in, is that he has put people in place to run the Rangers and – the people are doing a good job, and that he is just too hands-on with the Knicks. Like, he just needs to take a step back, hire the right people, and do what he does with the Rangers with the Knicks. Appreciate that. But Bill Jackson, you know, he he got the name in there, and but it just bad luck. It didn't work. Where yeah. James Dolan had too much control, and Jackson had no control. I, you know, it, it can't figure it out. He yeah. can't pinpoint after 20 years. I just don't understand. Yeah, and I, I don't know if we're ever, ever going to know the answer to that question <laughs> between uh, Jackson and him. I, I don't know. Um, uh, we'll never get the answer. No, I know. But so, listen, DJ, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, the, the Knicks are in turmoil. I mean, they are. They are in absolute turmoil. And now the Nets, they have their Irving and Durant are just overthrowing Kenny Atkinson. For what reason? And do you think that uh, that the Knicks should be all in on Kenny Atkinson? 
Yes. Yes, I put that poll up. 67% of you said yes. And at NCAP8841-2682 on Twitter said, I voted no because I really like him and I don't want to see his life ruined as the Knicks coach. But think about it. Think about it. The Knicks have two first-round picks in each of the next two drafts. So that makes a total of seven in the next four drafts. Guys, what's Kenny Atkinson's M.O.? What's his legacy in Brooklyn? What are people talking about? The development of young players. Let's point to Joe Harris. 2019 NBA All-Star Weekend three-point contest champion. No one even knew who he was. Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm talking nationally. Spencer Dinwiddie, 2018 NBA All-Star Weekend skills competition champion. You got Jaron Allen. Of his two seasons in the NBA... He doubled his blocks per game total. He's got the best field goal percentage as of today, and his points per game is up. So can Kenny Atkinson take a a Knicks team that has seven total first-round picks over the next four years to the promised land without any egos on that team? Yeah, I I would think yes. And the Knicks should already have gotten him in their building. But we don't know. We don't know. Kenny Atkinson hasn't even spoke on his own behalf yet. So let's pump the brakes and let's see. But I think it'd be great. Let's go Ralph in Cliffside Park. You're on the fan. Hey, congratulations, International Women's Day. That <laughs> interview with Collie Lloyd. Yeah. That made the coaches' day. Oh, well, there's more that where that came from. Made the coaches' day. That. And she's going to be my kicker. I want her on the Giants. I want her kicker on the Jets. Right <laughs> yeah, I know. All the Jets. Let me tell you something. You know, I coach my daughter's team. I coach soccer for 40 years and girls lacrosse. Mm-hmm. It's so good to see maybe the soccer team will finally get salaries they deserve. And my sister lives in San Francisco, and I met the girls' offensive coach. Mm-hmm. What a what a day, and I'm, I'm just so happy people like you are moving up. And I want Carly Lloyd tomorrow. And maybe you can have other gestures. So she was booing him, and what a personality. But as far as Kenny Atkinson, my my brother's season ticket holders, I've been a Nets fan since the Dr. J days. Mm-hmm. Saw him on the bench when I was in high school. And I'll tell you, what a horrible, horrible decision this is. Mm-hmm. Whoever that train wreck is, and Kyrie, and they, these cancer guys, I ain't judging anybody, but this guy was a technical genius. What he did on that bench with no team, half the team injured. Mm-hmm. I've been coaching all my life. That guy was unbelievable. And just like you said, you're the answer to my pain. If the Knicks can get him, they need to have a doctor's examination if they don't. <laughs> because you are my hero. You're exactly right. You're on, on point, 100%. How did this, this, I woke up. I said, my brother's, I'm going to the game. I said, what? This guy kept this team. What a class gentleman from Long Island. Is just, uh, I, I, I just disappointed in the karma. I, I just, I feel like I lost somebody. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. But Kyrie, what a headache. Yeah. Just, I mean, a, just a disaster. And, and, but as far as, can I say something about the USFL? Yeah. Well, let me just say, I just want to say that, that Kenny Atkinson yeah. also is a teacher of the game. I mean, as coaches, oh, I mean, we know, you know. Person. And you know, and you're such a, you put everything on point that he is a teacher of the game because I'm a college fan. And to me, the only 
coaches out there are Jay Wright, McKillop of, Holy, uh, of Davidson, uh, Mr. Spoon out in Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and the coach of St. Mary's. These guys, every year they keep in there. There's no, not like the pros where you just sit there and throw in, you know, machines who don't even pass the ball. Yeah. College, you got to work. Yep. And you know that. Yep. As a coach. You have to work. And Atkinson, one of my heroes, as a coach for over 45 years, uh, I, used to, I used to coach Billy Donovan when we were in summer camps in Rockford Center, St. Agnes. But this is a sad day. And your show is just fantastic. And your knowledge and the caring about sports. And the colleague Lloyd interview, I taped it five times. <laughs> well, thanks. There's but definitely more where that came from. I told my kids. Put the cell phones down before you listen to this interview. Or there is not going to be any lasagna today. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, as always. Thank I you. I just want to tell you, uh, you are yeah. a pleasure. I don't call many shit. You're a pleasure. And your parents raised a beautiful daughter. And, you know, I realized a long time ago, the men are crying in the dental chair and the women having a baby. Who do you think the better sex is? Not even close. <laughs> and God bless your parents. And, and your journey has just begun. And I'll be your limo driver one day when you're big. So. <laughs> All right, Ralph. Well, you have a great one. Thanks. I'll hold you to that, Ralph. And my dad does listen every single time on on the replay. So about you know daytime tomorrow, he'll he'll be listening. So I'm sure he'll hear that. Uh, okay, let's do another one. Kevin and Copay, you're on the fan. What's up, Danielle? Hey, Kevin. So with the Nets going into next year with two stars, don't you think the Knicks have to make a splash this summer? You would think the Knicks always need to make a splash. I mean, there's a reason they brought in uh, Leon Rose. What is he, the agent to the stars in the past? Yeah, that's that's his uh, M.O., that's his reputation, so we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a disgruntled star. I mean, maybe a playoff exit, he's upset, seeking a trade. I mean, the Knicks are going to have to pounce. I mean, like like Carmelo Anthony, just hope it works out better this time. Yeah, well, the Knicks were supposed to pounce on uh, on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They couldn't even land a sit-down interview with them. We see now, though, Kyrie looks like a headache. He was terrible in Boston, and it looks like he's he's doing a LeBron stuff with uh, calling shots about who's going to be coaching him. I know, I GM Kyrie Irving. I can't I can't stand when the players have that GM title too. And immediately, I, I, as soon as the news broke, I went to Twitter. <laughs> immediately, the Kyrie effect started trending across the nation. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just a real headache. He's well, he, seems he, he to be. the uh, world was flat at one point too. Uh, right? I know he was that guy. I know, I know. I, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really do. When they come here, I want to clean slate, wipe it clean. But now this is here. We go again, basically with with this Kyrie Irving thing. But I might be saying this till the day I die. But a star player has to accept the challenge of the city that never sleeps, and I'll be I'll be waiting till then. Yeah, I think Kevin, don't hold your breath. Thanks for that. Don't hold your breath with with a bunch of Knicks fans. Um, I just think that if you are a big name free agent, right? You're a big name player. You you're going to get the money pretty much wherever, right? It's it's not so much anymore where. You know, the big-name guys are looking for the L.A. market to make their brand or the New York market to make their brand. I mean, look at Giannis in, in, in Milwaukee. Okay, I, I've been to Milwaukee. It's not a big city. There's not that many people there, you know. He, he's, a, he's a household. He's a worldwide known name playing in Milwaukee. So the players don't need the city. Okay, that's, that's kind of old school. That's old news. The money that they're getting could be pretty much had anywhere. So what would be the draw of a big-name free agent to go to the New York Knicks? What would be that draw? 
clearly there there really doesn't seem to be one. The revolving door of people that they've brought in and kicked out and brought in and kicked out has not attracted those big name guys. And maybe Rose is going to be the guy that says, okay, you know what? You come here, you play for me, and we'll get it done. Maybe. Maybe. But if I'm a big name free agent, I'm not going into the New York Knicks and playing for their eighth coach in 10 seasons and counting the interims and the, and the, the um, you know, the regular ones, the, the, I can't think of the word, the long-term ones, but I'm not, I'm not going and I'm not, I'm not playing for that. I'm not signing up for that. I'm not signing up to be scapegoated. If I can get the money elsewhere, if I can make my brand elsewhere, well, I'm going to go elsewhere at this point in time. And of course, the NBA is a tandem league, so I'll call up my buddy, and then maybe we can go together. But as of right now, I'm not going there as a standalone free agent at all. And maybe the Knicks are going to be playing, and every basketball team is going to be playing to an empty arena with this coronavirus thing that came down. In Italy, they're already doing it. Soccer teams are playing to empty stadiums in Italy. Imagine that. That'd be cool. That'd be like mic'd up. And that's another thing. Baseball, how about those hitters being mic'd up and the fielders being mic'd up? I loved it. I want to get your take on that too. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan here on The Fan. Uh, and it is 3.57 in the morning. We've got two hours to go. Danielle McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. The Good morning again, everybody. We are one hour down, two to go. We are a three-hour, a little abbreviated show this weekend because of daylight saving time. There's no S at the end of that. It's just daylight saving time. I hope you guys didn't get screwed up with that time because I was, you know, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to miss this. You know, it's just, you know, because if you if you take a nap before the show starts, you could theoretically sleep through the entire show, and that's like a nightmare that I have sometimes. Like, oh my god. I just slept through my entire shift. McMonagle probably wants to kill me because he's got to host that's like eight hours in a row. And so that's probably the number one reason why I can't really ever actually fall asleep before the show starts because I'm always worried that, I don't know, some freak thing is going to happen where the alarm doesn't go off or, or whatever. And um, and I'm not going to be here talking to you guys. And that's like my biggest fear. So I hope the time change didn't screw you up too, too much. It is already 4.06 in the morning. I'm taking you guys till 6 a.m. Uh, here on the fan. And it's been a lot of Nets talk. So let's 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 stick with it. I mean, you guys know that the NBA is a player run league. It's been that way for a while. And you have to look no farther and think no deeper than GM LeBron James. You got Anthony Puccio, who is the Nets beat reporter for the Associated Press, tweeting out that sources tell me in regards to Kenny Atkinson's departure, some of the players wanted him gone. Well, okay, immediately you look to the big-name players. On the Nets, who are they? Irving and Durant. You think they had nothing to do with it? You're naive. I've seen coaches fired at the high school level because their players were unhappy with their state championship-caliber teams and their state championship-caliber players went and complained about it against the coach. Then the puny athletic director, high and mighty, but he's very puny, took their word for it and fired the coach who was doing just a fine job. What are we teaching these kids, these families? Stop it. Stop letting the team members and the people around the team dictate what you, who are in charge of the hiring and firing, do. Enough. Stop the badness. It's enough. Enough of that. 
Larry in Bayport, you're on the fan. Danielle, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Larry? All right, hanging in there. <laughs> uh, the thing, you made a point about Kenny Atkinson. Which one? Uh, the point that you think he would be a good Knicks coach? I do. Really? I kind of disagree with you on that. Why is that? I think they're shooting for Mark Jackson. Well, wait. Why would... See, that's two different things. Why would Kenny Atkinson not be a good Knicks coach? I don't think he could... Uh, could too much turmoil. I don't think he can handle it. Well, who, who, created, who created the turmoil? Uh, well, obviously Dolan did. No, no, no. I'm talking for the Nets. Who created the turmoil under Kenny Atkinson for the Nets? Uh, Kyrie. Okay. Is Kyrie going to be on the Knicks? Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing devil's advocate with you, you know? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, yeah. now, you get when you get eliminated, okay, and you get hurt, like Judge, mm. why didn't they take care of it then? Yeah, that's that's what I want to know. I know. Why wait now? I know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I wish I did. I mean, it's it's not just him. It's him. It's Severino. It was Luke Voigt. It was James Paxton. I mean, it's four of them. It's maddening. It, it's, it's frustrating. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. It's just like mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. That's a great adjective to describe that because I don't know. Um, I thought Matt pitched really well today. And that's the thing. See, that's that's an intriguing thing coming out of a Mets camp is who is getting that fifth roster spot, a uh, fifth uh, rotation spot. Is it going to be Mats or is it going to be Waka? Because you, you would think that Porcello's in at the four by now. But strong performance think, by Mats, you would think. I mean, it's it's interesting because then you got Brody Van Wagen. I'd rather telling, have Porcello than uh, I, I do not like strong. No? No. Uh, did you see what he did the other day? I wanted to talk about this. Did you see what he did? I know he did something with JJ a while back. <laughs> what? Yeah, he blocked JJ. Oh God, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's JJ not what I was, was about. saying the story. <laughs> oh, no, 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 man. that's not what I was talking. About. I saw it with his delivery. Oh, you know, I know what it was. What? what happened was JJ said that he'd rather have Wheeler pitch mm-hmm. than Strom, and and he blocked him. That was it. That's all it took. Yeah. And he blocked them. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What were you saying now? No, no. I I, I want to talk about what Strowman's been doing um, with with his his windup. Did you see it? Um, not really. Oh man! All right, Larry. I'm I'm just gonna drop you real quick so you can so you listen to the story here. So, what what Strowman's been doing, right? We on this show have talked about ways to prevent sign stealing. We've talked about it. In theory, this would be great to have an independent monitor tour the stadium looking for bugs, cameras, et cetera, right? In practice, that's not it's not practical. So here's my suggestions. Do not allow the players out of the dugout once the game begins. There's no need to keep running back and forth to the clubhouse. Put a delay on the game feed in the dugout. But even better, take a page out of the XFL's book and have a centralized video challenge booth. And if the MLB is unwilling to take the technology out of what they've already instilled in the game, well, then they can only combat it with more technology. I suggested earpieces for a pitcher and catcher with a centralized pitch caller. Think play calling in a quarterback's helmet. Or 
you could do what Marcus Stroman did this week. And I, I got I'll find the video, I'll tweet it out or retweet it during the commercial. But basically, Marcus Stroman is is throwing hitters off with the way that he um sets his cadence. Like he'll he'll wind up, he'll do his leg kick, and then he'll balance there for an extra second or so. Completely throws the hitters off. I mean, he had one the the batter doing a double pump, a double footstep, a double trigger step with his front foot. Totally, even if you knew what was coming, because the timing is so thrown off, you are unable to hit it. I, that was the only pitcher I've ever seen do that, like in a real game, Marcus Stroman. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Because even if you bang on the garbage can once, I know a fastball is coming, but if he's pausing at the, the top of his windup, I'm all screwed up as a batter. I'd be all screwed up. Anybody would be. Hitting is about timing. And if a pitcher can combat that, by messing up the timing for the hitter, oh, my God, what an advantage that is for a pitcher. So I like it. Marcus, and, and by the way, he ended up striking out, out the batter that that I, uh, that, uh, oh, there's a bunch of Huskies on a commercial. I have a Husky dog. Sorry, I just got distracted. But um, he ended up striking the batter out. And I think you're going to see more of that moving forward. So for that reason, Marcus Stroman, man, I like him. I like him, and I and I like what he's doing. I think he's very forward-thinking, and good for him. And he got himself a strikeout doing that. Let's go to Ben in Queens. You're on a fan. Come on, Coach. As usual, I had send you a tweet with all the stuff to talk about, and you just bring that up. So let me just rip up my pages <laughs> quick. No, no. All right. For people who don't know, I hit Danielle up during the XFL games yep. with stuff that was going on and told her about what happened in the Houston game. So now that you brought up the video replay, yeah, yeah, the XFL's going to have to handle that, that, that little controversy there. They already did. They fired that, that or, excuse me, reassigned yeah. the, the, the coaching head on that, for people who don't know. They ended the game too early. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? It's on Walker should have ran, ran all the way back, made sure all the time was gone, but he took the knee early, and there should have been time left on the clock. Oops. Yeah. And the officials ran out, and the booth was event. The booth called down, and then they went like, hey, we can't put time back on the clock. Whoops. Especially with people who bet on these things now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. But as you say that about Strowman, that's great if there's no runners on base. Right. If you do that hitch and stuff, that's a balk every time. I appreciate Strowman for the forward thinking, like you just said, but that's a balk every time. <laughs> if there's a runner on, that's mm-hmm. the problem with it. You have too many uh, officials or umpires are set in their ways. When he does that stop hitch, it'll be called a balk every time. It's, it's a great thought. I give him credit for that, but it's. Uh, I saw that on video, and I was like, "Hey, that's great!" Unless <laughs> this run is on base. Uh, quickly, Seton Hall bad loss. It knocks them off of the two line. Possibly, I think they're going to be cemented as a four, unless they win the Big East tournament and there's other shenanigans going on. Um, as far as my Rangers go, ouch! Tonight, tonight hurt that. That that hurt a little bit, just just a, a little. That that collapse that happened, that that hurt. Because we started out great against the the, the Devils and dip, 
And as you bring up our Kyrie Irving, before you got to host on the station, and this was up, I said, I didn't want Kyrie for the Knicks. I didn't want Kyrie for the Knicks. I don't want the drama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, the Nets have a stable front office and stuff. The Atkinson's a stable coach. Maybe they'll quiet down the drama until Durant comes in, and then, boop, the Nets got a championship contender. Yep. How wrong I was. <laughs> I know, I know. When, when this move happened, I immediately thought they couldn't control Kyrie. Kyrie, not even on the court, and he got Atkinson canned. I know. So, and Durant never even stepped a toenail onto the court. Same yeah, deal. Yeah, and congratulations to the Guardians. I'll bookend it with that, but possibly their best game of the season today. Yeah. That, that, that was great, and in honor of International Women's Day, you know, you had Car- uh, Carly Lloyd, who's a great example of working your way from the bench to the starting lineup, and also the UFC fight tonight with uh, Zhang versus Joanna, possibly the best UFC fight I've ever seen in terms of action from start to finish. Wow. I, I hope Joanna's head is okay. You will see the the swelling and stuff. It is not for the faint of heart because her head now, like Klingon slash uh, the the kid from mask that's how much it swelled up but they were throwing pinch punches and haymakers and it outshined the main event coach once again thank you for the time and again you i will be sending you stuff on twitter next time this like this week so enjoy <laughs> you got it ben thanks i appreciate it always a good call ben is um yeah he does he, he tweets me all the time about the guardians and xfl and stuff and good it's good guardians had a good win today man their quarterback you know, after McGloin, whatever happened with that, their quarterback, his last name is Perez, I, I believe, kind of came out of nowhere. He was there. I talk about working his way from the bench to the starting lineup in Carly Lloyd. This guy was a third-string quarterback on the XFL Guardians when the season started, and now he, he's orchestrated, I think, uh, two wins. Him himself has, has orchestrated two wins, or three even three, for the team. No, I think it's two, yeah, because I think they're at three and two right now. So, yeah, he's, he's won, you know, with the Guardians two games. I mean, that's pretty cool. And the Guardians are, uh, are are playing well. They played well today, I believe. See, I was at the, the women's national team practice, so um, I didn't really get to watch-watch the game, but I do believe they were tied. I think it was through halftime they were tied or, or through the third quarter, and then all of a sudden the Guardians just exploded, which is awesome. Love to see it because there hasn't been a lot of winning going around here, especially on the football field, on the gridiron for the New York Giants and the New York Jets. So to have a team playing at MetLife Stadium that's a winning team, I mean, you got to be excited about that, right? And then the Guardians have, I'm looking at my schedule, I'll be there on the 14th. They play again on the 14th. So uh, I think it's a 2 o'clock game, 2 o'clock kickoff. So if you're going, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, or if you have Facebook, facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Same thing. Um, and let me know, because I'm there. And and the attendance the first week was 18,000-ish. The attendance the second week was about 16,000, 16,500, I believe-ish. And that's pretty good, because, you know, the team was on, I think, a two-game losing streak, and it was freezing at MetLife Stadium. And they still drew... 16,000 people. I know it doesn't look like a lot on TV because the stadium seats 80-something thousand, 85,000 comparatively. But they got a good little crowd going there. So especially if the team's going to be good, 
you know? We'll see what happens with that. And I got a question for you guys. Who would you sign right now to a long-term deal? Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, or Glaber Torres? Get on the phone, 877-337-6666. Maruful, he's waiting to hear from you. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan, and here's Marco Belletti with the update. Your biggest triumph would be what? I would say filling the role of just that player that has to play multiple positions. I think it's it's quite challenging. There's days that I feel like I you know master a lot of positions, and then there's days that I'm like, wow, I really um, need some help. I need some guidance, you know. And I think um, you know my biggest triumph really is stepping into the outside back role and being able to compete in a World Cup at the highest stage and um, be that left back for my team. I think was a really cool moment in France. And that, of course, is the voice of New Hyde Park's very own number 19, Crystal Dunn, on the U.S. Women's National Team. I, like I've said all night long, I, I was at their practice today. I'll be at their game tomorrow. Um, and I barely sleep. <laughs> I don't really sleep. It's okay. It's all fun stuff, obviously. This is all awesome stuff. To, to be able to be in the same room as, as any member of that team is just, it's, it's just humbling. And, of course, it is International Women's Day. And how cool. How cool is that? So the question I asked to you guys right before the break was, who would you sign right now to a long-term deal? Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, or Glaber Torres? 877-337-6666. That's the number to call. Let's head down to sunny, probably really warm, Fort Lauderdale. Lenny, you're on the fan. Hey, hey, DM and the AM. I love the show. <laughs> Thank you. As always. Uh, let's see, as far as your poll question, me, I'm partial to uh, the catcher. I like him. Sanchez. Uh, when he's when he plays, when he plays, he reminds me of Johnny Bench at times. Not you know defensively the way he throws the ball. He doesn't you know too many pass balls, but power wise and um, throwing the ball to second base, I love the guy. Um, I know he gets injured a little bit, but you know what are you going to do? Well, he does have one of the best. Once they, once it, I think it's called pop time when the catcher catches the ball and brings it up and, and gets rid of it. I think he has oh, the best, if not the bench. best, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. In, in the league. Yeah, that that is one thing he does yeah. do well, and he throws it hard. You're right. Yeah, and he hits, and he's and he's pretty clutch. I think he's pretty clutch. I like the guy. Okay. He's one of the original baby boomers. All right, I wanted to talk a little Nets, Knicks, and um, little college ball. Okay. All right, as far as the Knicks, I just get to say watching this thing. Are you still watching? And, and watch, Are you really get, still uh, watching them? I haven't watched them in years. <laughs> There's nobody on the team, and it makes me even sicker. I watched Porzingis, and they just gave him away for absolutely nothing. Yep. Even they get the first-round picks, the team turned out good because of Luka, and they're going to get a 20, 20th pick if, if, at best. Maddening, right? It's terrible. Yep. Oh, it just <laughs> sickens me. Yeah. The guy was a, the guy's a uh, true superstar, Porzingis, and uh, I'm just sad about that. Um, as far as the Nets, they had a good thing going, you know, and then this guy comes over and ruins the whole chemistry of the team. And, uh, I hope they both lay eggs. I hope Durant never comes back and helps the Nets to a championship. Kyrie just, the more he does, the more he puts his foot in his mouth and everybody hates him. As talented as he is, yeah, I wouldn't want him on my team, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and in hoops and college hoops, boy, it's going to be something that's um, March Madness. Because nobody, nobody is worthy of a championship out there. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be. This is what I'm hoping about. 
college basketball. I don't know how these these coaches all of a sudden demanded the salaries that they get, but what they get now isn't worth it because the players don't stay. And I like to see them weed weed out the big salary coach in the, in, in college. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be. I'm, I'm hoping it would be funny to see two mid majors vying for the championship. You know, because they probably have a lot of seniors, a lot of a lot of a lot of, a lot of season play, and I think a lot of those teams will go far this year. I don't know what your take is on that. Yeah, I mean, you love to see it. You love the underdog story, um, and but it's a big business. Basketball is a big business. College sports are a big business, and really, what's going to bring the ratings is, is what it is. What's going to bring the money from the commercials? I hate to say it, I, I really do. I love the underdog story. You know. When UMBC upset, was it Virginia or Virginia Tech? I think Virginia. UMBC upset Virginia, what was it, two years ago. I uh, I had them in my, my bracket. I was like one of the only ones that had it in the bracket. And the only reason why I picked them is because I had done some work with Princeton and their broadcast team for the women's basketball team at, at Princeton University. And I'd never even heard of them before, UMBC. And... Princeton had just played them. Princeton beat them. Princeton's a really good team, but they just beat them. And I liked UMBC because you know what their mascot is? The Golden Retrievers. So I was like, oh, I like the Golden Retrievers. I'll pick them. <laughs> and normally that's not really how I fill out, fill out a bracket, but it was just so fresh in my mind, and their 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 mascot was just so fresh in my mind that I went with them, and they ended up winning. So, uh, you know, we're, we'll see. We'll see how Selection Sunday goes. Probably this time next week we'll talk some more about that. Um and we're just going to see. I mean, San Diego State just got upset tonight. And San Diego State, I thought, had one of the better teams in this whole thing, speaking of an underdog story, you know. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see. We'll have to wait and see next week. That, that's that's not a question to be answered tonight, I don't think. We'll see next week. Stuart in Brooklyn, you're on the fan. Morning, Coach. What's How up, Stuart? You? I'm good. How are you? I agree with the last call about that spoke about the signing of Glaber Torres. I mean, not, yeah, I agree with Glaber Torres because he's a young guy. He doesn't, he hasn't been, he's been fairly healthy. I think he's missed a few games with injuries, mm-hmm. but he stays healthy. He stays on the field, which is more like a safer judge, Stanton, Sanchez. I mean, Sanchez has been pretty healthy the last couple of years. But, yeah, uh, I, like I said to Maruful just before we went on the air, uh, they got to get out of their weight room. The weight room is what's hurting them the most. These guys don't have to look like uh, like the wrestlers, like Hulk Hogan and them. They yeah. don't have to look like them. They just have to be more flexible. We didn't hear of these injuries back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. When we didn't hear of obliques. We didn't hear of poles. We didn't hear of this. And they don't have, you know who looks, you know who they should really look at and take a, a role as a role model for being healthy? DJ LeMayhew on the mm-hmm. Yankees. Mm-hmm. He's long, he's lean, and he doesn't get hurt like these other guys. These guys are, of everything you tighten up your muscles, they're gonna, it's gonna snap on one wrong move. Right. I mean, that's the way I feel. And it's been proven time and time again. All these big guys, Get hurt with with muscle with injuries because they're too they're too tightly wound. I mean, Cespedes is so tight, one wrong move, it's done. I mean, why why do they have to insist on being muscle bound? There's no reason for that. Muscle bound 
is for not for uh, it's for weightlifting in uh, the Olympics. It's for all all these other sports, not baseball. Baseball, you have to be flexible. You have to make moves. You have to be able to make the move without snapping something. And these pitchers, they they try to throw the hell out of the ball, and that's where the Tommy John comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you agree with my point? Yeah, I mean, when you got two guys, and Stuart, thanks for the call, you got two guys that are gargantuans, like Aaron Judge, 6'7", right? There's, there's no need. There's just no need. There's no need for them to be so muscular. Like you said, Stuart, there's just, you don't need to be like that. I mean, he, DJ LeMahieu, great point. I I just Googled the height of DJ LeMahieu just to see in comparison. I didn't know. DJ LeMahieu's 6'4". Did you guys know that? I mean, he's only three inches shorter than Aaron Judge. Yet, he seems to be perennially out there, and he's not built. Like, uh, I think last week we were talking superheroes. Last week we were talking WWE wrestlers. And that's great. I mean, I know Aaron Judge can't do anything about his height, you know, but he can he can do something about the way that he trains. And, you know, everybody's getting on Judge, injury-prone, injury-prone. I mean, he, he missed, what, 50 games um, in 2018 with a fractured right wrist. He got hit by a pitch. What can you do about that? He's missing some time this year about with a with a fractured rib when it happened last season. So really, what can you do about that? In 2017, Judge had a left shoulder surgery to remove a loose body and to clean up damaged cartilage. And then in 2019, he missed uh, 54 games to a strained left oblique. So he's got two injuries that were, I don't know, I would say maybe preventable, and two that were not. Fractured wrist and a fractured rib. What are you going to do? You know? And the question was, who would you sign right now? If you, Right now, you had to pick one of them. Friday night, Brandon Cuddy, I think you say, he said, he tweeted, Gary Sanchez is not having a great night behind the plate. Strikes out swinging on three pitches and then gets booed. It's a spring training game. That was Gary Sanchez's night, Friday night, by the way. And Aaron Judge and the injury news. And then in my notes, I wrote Torres. And I put a couple periods and then a question mark so then and of course i took it to the twitter poll i said who would you guys rather have the answer overwhelmingly was glaber torres 85.4 percent of you guys said you'd, you'd pick glaber torres over judge and sanchez interesting right north carolina chris you're on the fan daniel thanks for having my taking my call of course thanks you for know, making it it's all you know what it's just you, you can't predict anything like for example like gary sanchez today he didn't take batting practice because his back sore. Yep. Right? Yep. And you know what? Everybody hates on Gary because, you know, Gary's bad behind the plate. Like, okay. But that guy hits. If that guy's healthy, he hit, he's like 25. He, he, he just hits hard. But you know you what? Pred- when people say that, pred- when people say that about Gary Sanchez, though, I have these flashbacks to the ALCS when he struck out with the bases loaded versus the Astros. I just can't right. get that out of my head. Well, they were hitting gas. They were, uh, they were, um, you know, it was the uh, trash cans, but whatever. Not but, for the pitcher, <laughs> but not for the pitchers. Oh no, you're right. But listen, like when I see Gary, I just feel like that guy. He's just evolving. He's young. Like let him evolve. Aaron Judge, he laid out for. He laid out for. Right. To, to, you know, you can't predict right. that. Right. Like, that's that's not. And what you said, a hundred percent. He got hit by a pitch, right? Yeah. What do you was, What are you gonna do? You can't you can't predict injuries, right? I don't like when people say, "Oh, no, this guy's injury prone or that guy's injury prone." But there's a lot of injury prone going around here. 
When all right, for example, like when you make three hundred eighty million dollars a year, you got a grade one cap strain. Yeah, I. That's a little different to me. That is different. That's a different type of thing because it's it's theoretically it's preventable. Theoretically, well, he's like oh, I think I think uh, Mike was was running on a elevated oxygen elevated like treadmill today to make sure that his grade one cap strain wouldn't like get worse. Crazy, right? And was he I'm, in a hyperbaric chamber wearing a bubble yeah, too? Dan Daniel, thank you. Like, all right. Gary Sanchez makes $5 million a year. Uh, Aaron Judge, I think, makes $280,000 a year. He laid out in April or uh, September 18th against the Angels, but Mike Stanton was John, on the show. Well, John Carlos Stanton. No, his, no his, his name's Mike. His, his, his government name is Mike. Mike Stanton was laid out waiting. I just... How he's, well, but Chris, I just don't want people to get mixed up with Mike Stanton, like, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. old Yankee. Mike, all right. Giancarlo, Giancarlo, I'm sorry, Danielle. So Giancarlo Stanton is making $380 million a year. Judge is laying out September 18th against the Angels, cracks a rib. Gary Sanchez is making $5 million a year, pulls the groin every day because he's in the game, he's, in the, he's, he's playing every other day. And then the $380 million guy is in a high bear chamber treadmill for a grade one cap strain. Mm-hmm. I know. That's I'm, my thought process. Huh? I know. I'm fed up with it too, Chris. I am. But just so we're clear, John Carlos Stanton is who we were talking about, not Mike Stanton, like, you know, the old Yankee, the former, I shouldn't say old, the former Yankee. And just for clarification purposes, Gary Sanchez is making $5 million a year. Aaron Judge is making $8.5 million a year after his first year of arbitration, that was. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You can't predict getting hit by a pitch. You can't, you know, Aaron Judge, like you said, laid out for that ball. They're playing hard. He's playing hard. But, you know, these injuries that should have been detected at the at the end of last season and they're they're still lingering, that's the issue that I have. Why weren't they taken care of earlier? Why weren't they totally, totally diagnosed earlier? Well, we'll never know. Maybe they fell through the cracks in, in this changing of the, the, the training staff regimes. Who knows? But these are valuable assets that are now sidelined for the Yankees. And I, you know, the whole story about the, the historic trips to the DL or the IL, I don't want to hear it this year. I'm done. That, that story's over. As far as I'm concerned. Okay, more calls after the break. 877-337-6666. Mike, I see you there. Hang there. <laughs> We're going to hit the update at, at 440, and I'll be right back with you guys. I'm Danielle McCartan here on The Fan. And most of your fan base, and mine too, is mostly male. What message could you deliver to those people? Um, you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm glad that you know that, that day's going on, and uh, it, you really don't take more appreciation to it until uh, you have a daughter. And um, but you know, I, I'm, I have sisters, and I have a mother, and you know, uh, this world wouldn't really work without women, to be completely honest. And yeah. I know my world wouldn't work without the woman in my life, and um, you know, to to just cherish and you know be able to celebrate um just women around the world is always a great thing to do and um, i would say you know everyone take part of it and um you know take that day to make sure that the, the loved ones that you have in your life and the people that you care about let them know how much you care about them and you rec- you guys recognize that voice that is the voice of saquon barkley and i 
talking together at the U.S. Women's National Team practice today in Harrison, technically Harrison, New Jersey, at, at Red Bulls Arena. So pretty cool. It's International Women's Day. Um, just so everybody's clear, that's that's why I was asking him that. Um, and, and thank you to the Giants and thank you to Saquon Barkley for doing that today. They did not need to do that. He was there with his daughter and... You know, I asked, and, and he said he wanted to do it, so so let's do it. So um, more of where that came from um, in next hour, I'll have uh, now the secrets out of the bag. I'll give you Carly Lloyd next hour and another Saquon Barkley next hour, too. So, um, hey, we were just in, in the middle of a discussion about the Yankees, and the question is, who would you sign right now to a long-term deal? Choices are A, Aaron Judge, B, Gary Sanchez, or C, Glaber Torres. And on Twitter, at the Rock 954 said, Initially, I would have said judge, but I have to consider otherwise. I'm in that same boat. That is exactly how I feel. Initially, I'd say absolutely Aaron Judge, no matter what, hands down. But I know it's not his fault. I know he was diving for a ball. But the stress fracture, I mean, there was only one season where he played in 155 games. 2017, that was it. 18, he missed time. 19, he missed time. <sighs> But I think you guys got it right. 85.4% of you said, if it came down to it right now, you'd sign Glaber Torres. And I'd have to agree. The guy, he sprays the ball all around the field. He could play second base or shortstop, whereas Sanchez is just a catcher. And Judge is pretty much just a right fielder. And if you're, if you're a Yankee fan, the goal is the postseason. The World Series. No? Well, I looked at their numbers. Torres bats 302 in the postseason. Judge 257 and Sanchez a measly 176. Torres can hit, get on base and hit for power. And again, there are no major injury concerns. I mean, let's be honest, he did miss 22 days, not games, days last season with a hip injury. But all things considered, out of the three choices right now who I'd be locking up long term, I'm picking Glaber Torres. Mike in Middle Island, who are you picking? I'm easily picking Glaber Torres as well. Based on a couple things, like you said, because like I said, it's Yankees baseball, so it's about what you do in the playoffs. That's right. I don't get too crazy about the uh, regular season. You know, that's if you're into fantasy or whatever, you know, the Yankees, they get their wins no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it pretty much with their how good the team is. So based on the age... The ages of the three guys, their you know their ability to be available, you know not injured, and their postseason. I got to give it to Torres. It's 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 not even close to me at this point, and I wouldn't have said that two years ago, right? You know, like you said, it's just it's just weird. It's just kind of getting can't help to get turned off by Judge. Just keep getting hurt, and he's. You know, he's already 28 by uh, the time he'll get off the DL in, uh, you know, late April, let's say, or something like that. So, you know, I can't really think about maybe going long-term with him yet, in my opinion. He's got to kind of prove himself that he can stay a little healthy for a little while. I agree. And, and you know what else I'd like to see? I'd like to see the strikeout uh, strikeout ratio go down. I, I'd like to see him put that low outside pitch in play. I mean, enough already, right? Yes. No, you're right about that, too. You know, it's just... Torres, you know, he puts the ball in play more, and Sanchez is easily, easily number three. Like I said, you did. Uh, I went to Baseball Reference as well. I went right to the postseason at one seventy six, awesome. and I don't even remember him ever getting a timely hit in the postseason ever. Right. So with Sanchez and just you know, he seems like he's 
about every year is going to have about two or three stints, maybe not too long on the DL, this and that, and just, you know, he's lackluster catching ability for the position itself, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, I can't really, you know, get on these guys too much. They haven't made that much money yet, but we have to be smart about, you know, not giving them a big extension. Right. Because, like, recently I really uh, didn't like the Aaron Hicks extension. Yeah. I didn't think that type of player, I think a superstar type player is the only type of player that deserves that length or a real young player like, say, like Acuna or the other uh, second baseman on Atlanta where they're trying to, like, gamble on them, get them at a discount at a young age. Right. And if, you know, like, I didn't see the benefit. He's already 30 and he's got six years left on his deal and he's always hurt. Yeah. He's not that type of player. Right. So for everybody opinion. just listening, that he did sign a seven-year, $70 million deal, Aaron Hicks, that was. Yeah, and, and I, I'm with you. I was kind of, like, scratching my head about that, too. Like, I know he's an outstanding defender. I mean, he's a good player. But, you know, he, when is he going to get to see the field? I know. Not, I don't, I have no idea. I mean, he maybe he won't be, you know, ready till at least halfway through the season. And, That's what they're saying. You know, mm-hmm. What's next? You know, but you know, the Severino contract wasn't too bad. No. I, I didn't, you know, you know that I would never disagree with. They were trying to get him on a discount. It wasn't super long, and it made sense with his age and performance. I felt as well. Right. So that I wouldn't get on them for extent. Those are the extensions that come off my head. You know, that uh, recently with Cashman. Yeah. Yep, and Mike, thanks thanks for picking up the call, uh, picking up the phone, and making the call. I appreciate that. And you know, guys, the reason why we're having this conversation right now is because of the John Carlos Stanton contract. You realize that, right? The the mammoth John Carlos Stanton. You know, I don't want to hear oh, the Yankees didn't give up much to get him. Yeah, but did nobody have the forethought to think like, okay, all right, we're only giving up like Starlin Castro and, and whatever. But did anybody have the forethought to think of like, oh? Well, what about the dollars attached to this contract? And how is that going to block us from maybe potentially signing all of our baby bombers? Right? I mean, that's the reason why we're having this contract, this conversation. Who are you picking out of them? That's why, because John Carlos Stanton is taking up a ton of payroll. And maybe if he wasn't there, they'd be able to sign two out of the three. And then the conversation changes. Which two out of three would it be? By the way, the the, the full results of that poll that I posted, Glaber Torres came in first by an l- absolute landslide. Then 11.5% of people, let's just round up, 12% of people said that they would pick Judge. And 3% of people said they would sign Gary Sanchez long-term, lock him up long-term. Valley Stream, New York. Mike, you're on the fan. Thanks, Daniel, for taking my call. I just wanted to talk about the Yankees and Aaron Judge. I'm very, very uh, distorted over this news. I'm just, uh, I just, I can't help but, I mean, I was so looking forward to this season. I thought we were a heavy favorite, but now seeing this injury, once again, this injury crisis that just never seems to ever want to end. It's like an epidemic. I mean, if Judge misses the whole season, which I really hope he doesn't, I think we could live two months without him because we won 103 games last year with all those injuries. Mm-hmm. But if he's out for a long, significant time, like, or he's out for the season, and they keep getting more injuries, I just don't see this team making the postseason. I mean, I don't think they're going to pull off and duplicate what they did last season. I mean, that was just a gift from God. They had 30 injuries, yeah. and they made the postseason. I know. I, do you see them doing that again? I, you know, how many times are you going to go to the well? How many times is it, could it happen? I, I don't know. You know, I, I I think the luck has run out, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I think so. 
too. And I, I, I agree with your point. I think Gleyber Torres is the one that should get a, um, an extension over all of them. Aaron Judge, I mean, I would still, I would give him maybe a three-year deal. But the other ones have to prove otherwise. Gary Sanchez, definitely not. Aaron Hicks was a horrible extension. And, yeah, I think the only one that's worthy right now is Glaber. He does everything. He's a great all-around player. But, I mean, I really, I'm really, i really concerned about their pitching, uh, too. I mean, uh, Garrett Cole and Tanaka, after those two guys, who, who is there? I mean, you got to trust Jay Happ. Montgomery. He's been pitching well. Happ has been pitching out of his mind. He really yeah, has. Yeah, I've seen that. He really has. And, and you know, that's one, two, three. I mean, the, the big question mark, besides the fifth uh, uh, starter, what is Jordan Montgomery going to be? Because if he is a disaster, the Yankees are in trouble. Yeah, that that's that concerns me heavily. And um, I just this this rotation was looking absolutely like like a World Series rotation. Mm-hmm. I just it seems like we just can't catch a break. I mean, in the '90s when I was a fan of the Yankees, we didn't get injuries like this. Maybe two injuries at minimum. Now it's like it's constant. I hope we don't get the injuries like we did last year. I just pray to God. But this team, I nothing surprises me anymore. But <laughs> If they get judged back, they, they, you know they'll they'll be fine. But we can't see any more huge you know injuries like this. It's, it, minor injuries, fine, but you can't get like take you know, too many hits like this anymore. I mean, thoracic outlet surgery—that's that's that's major. Do you think he's going to get surgery? Or do you think he's going to dodge this? What do you think? Do you think he's going to be out for the year, or he's going to be back in like two months or so? You know, in my heart of hearts, and here's what I think: Mike thinks sort of call in my heart of hearts. If it hasn't. If the injury occurred in September of 2019, which seems to be the case, if it hasn't healed, it's March 8th. If it hasn't healed in all these months, what is this two-month wait period going to do? Go ahead and get the thoracic outlet surgery. The recovery period, I looked it up online, is about four to six weeks. I mean, come on. If it hasn't healed in a couple months, what is two weeks going to do? Just go ahead, bite the bullet, and do it. That's what I would say. That's what I think. And by the way, the Yankees are still, I saw this today, I think. So the Yankees are still odds-on favorites to win the ALCS, despite all of this news. Do you believe that? They're at plus 200 to win the A- to go to the World Series as the AL's representative. The Yankees are still the odds-on favorite. And I think... I mean, the silver lining in all of this, right? The silver line. Who, if you're sitting there right now, who would be the Yankees' number one um, contender? You know, when you watch WWE, who is the number one contender, right? The top contender for, for the belt. Who is the top contender for the belt, provided the, if you believe, subscribe to the belief that the Yankees are the number one seed, theoretically, right? Who would be the top contender? The Astros, correct? So the good news is, the Astros in 2020, theoretically, are going to not be cheating like they were in 2017, like they were in 18, and like we all know they were in 19. So the Astros aren't going to be cheating. And the Astros also have uh, lost, we'll say lost or shed, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, a Cy Young finalist, one of three Cy Young finalists is now gone. And not only is he gone off that roster, he's on the Yankees. So that might be a silver lining. You'd have to think that if the Astros are, in fact, their number one contender, 
the Astros are not going to be as good as they were last year due to the cheating thing and Garrett Cole leaving. I mean, come on. And yes, the Yankees are still odds-on favorites to win the ALCS. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. We've been talking about Judge and Sanchez and Torres. You know who else deserves a contract extension? I'm not going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you after the break. There is one Yankee that has been flying under the radar that absolutely deserves and has earned a contract extension. Maybe you could tweet me. Guess who it is? At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on the break. And uh, we'll talk about that guy after the break. If you're on hold, hang there. I'll get to you. I'm Danielle McCartan on the... Danielle McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. WFAN. Good morning again, everybody. This is already, this is this flew by. This is our final hour here on McCartan after midnight or McCartan in the morning here on The Fan. Uh, we have a, a couple open phone lines. We have three open phone lines for you right now. 877-337-6666. We are right in the very middle of a conversation of this hypothetical. Who would you rather sign for the New York Yankees? Would it be Judge, Sanchez, or Torres? I think the consensus has been Torres. We've got some arguments for Judge, and we've got some arguments for uh, for Sanchez as well. Uh, sprinkled throughout the show tonight is uh, audio from my interviews today with the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, today is International Women's Day, just so you know. They ha- they are playing at Red Bull Arena at 5 p.m. Maybe some of you guys are going. Let me know if you are. Um, I just got a tweet to, that said, get some Mets calls. Hey, Mets fans, the lines are open for you. Um, and in case you wanted to go back on any of my uh, my audios, especially, um, that's kind of a little nice touch uh, from today, especially with Saquon Barth. You guys can check out the Radio.com Rewind app, listen to any WFAM program you might have missed over the last 24 hours. Maybe you wanted to hear Evan talking about the, the Brooklyn Nets this morning and, and how they fired their coach pretty, in my opinion, unexpectedly. Download the Radio.com app and select WFAN. Maybe you missed a big interview, something funny. You want to go back on my my audios for tonight with Saquon Barkley, um, Crystal uh, Crystal Dunn, or Carly Lloyd. Or you just want to hear the entire show all over again. Okay? And maybe you made a call and you want to hear your call. That's cool. Just It's e- easy to navigate. You can pause and rewind any length of segment or choose or take a listen to the entire show. It's all on the new Radio.com Rewind. Download the Radio.com app now and rewind up, up to 24 hours so you can catch anything you might have missed. Listen the way you want. When you want, so it, this is all nice that these these Yankees, you know, we're, we're having a debate about among them, but they're not up for re-signing for you know some time. The one guy that has flied under the radar or flown—I just said flied—that <laughs> has flown under the radar in terms of re-signing, he says that the Yankees have not yet approached him about staying beyond his current deal. I told you to tweet me with your guess. I got a DM from at CMC Yankee AOL.com one on Twitter. He says, Danielle, hi. The answer to your question is DJ LeMayhew. He needs an extension. I hope they re-sign him. Yes. The Yankees should absolutely re-sign uh, DJ LeMayhew. I mean, really. I'm not sure why either party wouldn't want a re-sign. Okay? He, this year he's making $12 million a year. He's 31 years old. How about a two- or three-year deal at maybe, let's say, $16 million a year? He was the Yankees' MVP last year. And obviously, and more importantly, he finished fourth in the AL MVP voting. I mean, coming through in the clutch. We talked about these guys maybe not hitting in the playoffs. You know, uh, Judge and Stanton 
uh, and uh, and of course Sanchez. But coming through in the clutch in the in the postseason for DJ LeMayu, look no farther than that ALCS elimination game versus the Astros. I mean, he hit that game tying two run home run in the top of the ninth inning at Minute Maid Park. Well, then, as you know, Jose Altuve cheated and hit one of his own off Chapman to win it. Bad tattoo and all. But what makes LeMahieu so valuable is his versatility. With the loss of Didi Gregorius this offseason, don't forget, this this DJ LeMahieu is valuable. He The guy has played in every single infield position at the major league level. He's played at for the Yankees, first base, second base, and third base. I mean, the, the guy deserves a contract extension with the Yankees. He's won three gold gloves all at second base because that's where he's going to see most time this season. And, I mean, come on. And not to mention the fact that when you look at the MLB top 100 prospects, there are no Yankee infielders on that list. There's only three. First of all, you got Jason Dominguez. He's an outfielder. Clark Schmidt, he's a pitcher. And Davey Garcia, he's a pitcher. So there's no one really coming up. You, you have to. He won his first Silver Slugger award. I mean, he went to, uh, obviously the AL MVP was Mike Trout. But he, DJ LeMay, who posted the second most hard hit balls of exit velocity in the majors in the entire league last year. DJ LeMay, who, the guy that goes under the radar, the guy who is up for a contract extension. Get it done. Let's get it done. Walt in Glens Falls, you're on the fan. I do, you know. I'm good. How are you, Walt? Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I did like this, the answer to your question there about the three players. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Torres. I, I love the kid. Uh, he's young. Uh, he's durable. Uh, you pencil him in it and the lineup card, and guess what? He doesn't come out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a 300 hitter. And uh, and, and, the, and the kid, because like you just said before there, he can play, his natural position is short. Right. Play second baseman. I mean, I, without a doubt, it's a Gleyber uh, Torres, hands down. Yeah, and and my, and Walt, and, and thanks for holding on. You would be in the majority, the landslide majority, according to my. You guys know me, my very scientific Twitter polls, very scientific. That was the landslide majority, Gleyber Torres. Ryan in Middletown, you're on the fan. Hello, Ryan. Yes, you're on the fan. What's up? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are uh, you? Thanks for taking of course. Good. Not, so me and my brother just got to a little argument um, about Luis Severino. Oh no! Um, okay, am I am I the judge now? No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're the uh, the uh, the arbitrator. You know, the so okay, yes. So you know, obviously he's getting what are we doing? Um, you know, my brother tends to think that he's going to be throwing a baseball before the end of this baseball season. So you know, September, October. Um, I tend to think the you know the other side. Obviously, they just signed him long term. Yeah, this was like a kind of a lingering injury. He's getting Tommy John now. I think they're going to be cautious with him. Do you think he's going to be throwing a baseball in any form before the end of this baseball season? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I just because I mean Tommy John surgery is a long recovery period, and I don't think they want to jeopardize that. For what? What is he going to do? Just throw a baseball in, in November? I mean, who cares? I mean, at that point, unless he's pitching it, who cares? Just take the next couple months off and then be ready for next uh, spring training. 
That's exactly what I thought. Your brother thinks otherwise. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I got a hundred bucks on it. So. <laughs> oh no. But I'm just curious. What is his reasoning? Why? Why he would say he would be throwing a baseball? Before that? We don't really get that far. There's a couple of cocktails involved. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So one of those it was, kind. It's kind of a spur of the moment, but I just I see no reason that he touches the baseball. You know, for at least a year. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Spring training 2021, here we come. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I think, Ryan. I, I'm with you on that. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We've got two open lines for you guys. Ray in Long Island, you're on the fan. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? I'm good, Ray. How are you? Well, losing an hour of sleep this morning is a little tough, but it's nice to get up and listen to you. Hey, well, thank you. All right, about the three players, there's two really interesting points. The first one, if you're a baseball fan, I don't care if you're a Yankee fan or a fan of the, any of the other teams, Claver Torres, you have to watch because this guy is a five-tool player. They don't come along very often, but this one is the genuine real deal, and he's only 23 years old. Mm-hmm. He has a chance if he stays healthy to be a Hall of Famer and have that number retired out in Monument Park. He's a fabulous baseball player from every perspective, and the Yankees should do everything they can to make sure that he is happy and well-fed because he's going to be a great baseball player over the course of his career. The other interesting point is Sanchez. I have no idea from a baseball perspective why anyone has any value in Gary Sanchez. He's a two thirty seven hitter lifetime. Yeah, he hits a lot of home runs, but his on-base percentage and the other things he does offensively are horrible. He's a rally killer. His average with runners in scoring position is just average. This guy, I mean, I just heard Sal Licata the other morning talking about Mike Conforto and how he's on the, on the edge about whether he can be a great player. And I, Conforto's numbers offensively are far better than Gary Sanchez. And if the Yankees were smart, what they need to do is to find replacements for Sanchez and Aaron Hicks because they're both rally killers. You look at their numbers, they're not the kind of guys to keep rallies going, and they're not the kind of guys when a team comes in to play the Yankees that are going to worry that they're going to get beaten by either one of those two guys. One last point about Judge. As he gets older, he's going to have a much more difficult time covering the strike zone because as you age, you lose bat speed, you lose coordination, and he's got a very big strike zone. He's a fantastic player, but he's not durable, as you can see. Uh, you've talked many times about how many times, how, how often he's on the field as opposed to on the DL. And he, that big strike zone is going to be very, very hard for him to cover over time. So I think that. He's a declining value asset going forward, but Glaber Torres is the real deal. I've been watching baseball, played baseball through college. I've watched it for 40 years. I'm telling you, this is a guy that you want to watch if you're a baseball fan and you want to learn from if you're a kid because he does everything right on the field. Right. I uh, could not have said that better myself, <laughs> any of those rationales. I think uh, Gary Sanchez did not does not strike fear into, like you said, any opposing pitcher. I mean, listen, the thing is, the Yankees are always playoffs or bust, World Series or bust. I mean, as of recently, right? And I just I just can't get it out of my head when I watch the bases loaded, big Gary Sanchez at the plate, and he strikes out. I think he was looking. I even think he was looking. I mean, I come on. 
say he put up a couple runs on that at bat, maybe just one run, one RBI. The Yankees made it. It changes the entire complexion of the game. The momentum shifts and all, and all that. You know that. You guys watch baseball. You know that. To get a strikeout, if you're the Astros, to get a strikeout with the bases loaded in an ALCS game, you know that's huge. And I, I want to say that the game was home for them too, I think. Um, you're going to have to fact check me on that though. But, you know, Gary Sanchez, I, I don't know. I mean, Joe Girardi was hard on him. For Joe Girardi's a catcher, a former catcher, and he was hard on him, and then Joe Girardi was shown the door. I believe that is the the reason why that Joe Girardi was let go. It was because he couldn't get a, get along with Gary Sanchez. And the, I believe that the Yankees prioritized Gary Sanchez over uh Joe Girardi. And that and that that's why. And now look, look what that's got you. Gary Sanchez, a one seventy six batting average in the postseason. Come on, man. What are we doing here? Okay, more of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Who has been your biggest inspiration? I think a lot of people. I don't think there's, you know, particularly one one person. You know, it's it's male players. It's players like Tom Brady, um, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. Um, you know, and, and obviously there's some amazing uh, women out there who continue to sp- inspire um, what Serena's done on the tennis side. But I think. I just look to people who have had a really cool, unique story. Um, not so much from the success standpoint, but from you know being told that they weren't good enough, and then they make it and, and they prove people wrong. So those those types of stories kind of resonate with me because anything worthwhile in life, you have to really work hard. And that was, of course, the great Carly Lloyd, number ten of the U.S. Women's National Team. Number tw- ten is the most coveted number in soccer. Did you know that? They give number 10 to the best player on the team. And that was Carly Lloyd, New Jersey's own, Rutgers' own, Carly Lloyd from Red Bull Arena today, or yesterday, I should say, Saturday. And I got one more coming up for you guys at 540. All right, I'll give it to you. It's Saquon Barkley at 540, talking about um, International Women's Day and Women's History Month a little bit. So that was uh, my interview with Carly Lloyd today, or a snippet of it. I'll post the full thing tomorrow. Um, How to get ready for tonight. How to get ready for you guys. So I couldn't do the whole thing. But all night we've been talking about, you know, who would you rather sign to a long-term deal for if you're the Yankees? We've talked about the the stunning, in my opinion, stunning, shocking firing of Kenny Atkinson. I mean, when that thing came, the notification came on my phone this morning, I was like, what? Like, no way. Then I immediately pulled up Twitter. And on Twitter, of course, you know, you get you get the Nets fans saying, Giving their own hot takes, let's just say. And immediately, the Kyrie Irving effect started trending. And not even 12 hours later, you got Kyrie Irving saying that he wants, this is a report from, I believe it was, uh, I don't know if it originated with Sports Illustrated, but they, you know, they piled onto it. Sports Illustrated saying that um, that he wants Tyron Lue to be the, the, the head coach of the, of the Nets. So I guess we can say, welcome to New York, Lue, because... Uh, what Kyrie Irving wants, it seems to be Kyrie Irving gets. And, and these players across the league, um, same. Same for them. And uh, 
We've also talked about the, the, a little bit about the Rangers, too, and, and they're making a little push despite not having Chris Kreider making a push towards the playoffs. Could could it happen? And will Kreider be back in time to make that magical run? We'll see. We'll see. I, I hope so. And, of course, if the season ended today, the Islanders, despite their multiple-game losing streak, will be or would be, uh, last I checked anyway, in, in a wild-card spot in the playoffs. So uh, let's go more to your calls after the break. Eight, I mean, more to your calls, 877-337-6666. And I got to say, I am eating, or I was just eating, as Marco was talking, a nice St. Joseph's pastry from the Fortunato Brothers in Brooklyn. And uh, Kono, a friend of the show, Kono, dropped them off downstairs earlier and really good. I got to say, really, really, really good. So Fortunato Brothers in Brooklyn. There you go. Uh, and, and Kono, thank you. Okay, back to the calls. Kevin in Camden, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm good, Kevin. I want to talk about Glaber Torres, and I feel like the Yankees should get him, sign him to an early extension because, one, he's going to get more expensive as the years go on. If they don't sign him now, it's going to get way too expensive and out of their price range. But, Kevin, wait. Let me just stop you right there because you thought the same thing with Judge last year or after 2017, too, right? You, you would think the same thing. It's just, it goes, it's, it's you know, just be careful. I, I would, I, I'm not signing anybody today. I'm just saying if, if, if it happened today, if I had to, it'd be Torres. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, you see what he could do. He's, like, very talented. He can, you know, do second base, shortstop, multiple positions, and he's just—he's just a stud when you watch him play. Yeah, I watched—I watched him before he debuted with the Yankees. I was—I went to a Trenton Dunn game and I saw him when he was there, and I was like, "This guy's got the potential." You know, mm-hmm. so I—you know—maybe I have a little bias there, but I think he's—I think he's part of the future in the Yankees. I, I don't think they should—I think they should resign him and just—you know—try to see what they could do. Now, yeah. I agree with you that maybe not—you know—maybe not right now, but like in a year or two, possibly so. And I just love the guys that can play multiple positions at a high level. I do. So you look at Torres. He could play second base. He could play shortstop. I mean, shortstop is his natural position. Yeah, he was he was highly talented as a shortstop. So I, I, I'm wondering what you know. I'm wondering what if he could if he could have a career of the year this year. So that's just a question I'm curious about. Yeah, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait and see. Obviously, um, and Kevin, thanks for the call. I mean, we had a caller two two or three callers ago putting him in the Hall of Fame, retiring the number. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's a great player, and we're going to see how he develops because he is. Uh, he's he's he has the potential to be something very special for the Yankees because of. I just think that he he's got a great balance between power and putting the ball in play. Those are the guys I like. I like guys like that. I like him. I like guys like Christian Yelich. I like. I mean, Mike Trout, obviously, right? But. Another one that's flying under everybody's radar who is up for a contract right now is DJ LeMayhew. Let's get it done. Marty in Westchester, you're on the fan. Yes, good morning, Danielle. Great show as always. Well, thanks, um, Marty. Yes, uh, it looks like a landslide uh, vote right now for Clay Torres. I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, his versatility, the fact that he's uh, shown much more durability than the other two players that you've mentioned. Uh, the sky's the limit for... Uh, Torres. So I think he's going to become the face of the Yankees. At least he's, I think he's rapidly approaching that uh, the way Derek Jeter was in his prime. Uh, as far as um, Aaron Judge, boy, he's been a fan favorite from day one, but we really have to be concerned about is uh, the fact he just can't seem to stay healthy. 
And I don't know what the Yankees are going to do come uh, the time when they suffer a new contract. That's going to be a tough decision for them, because I think at that point he's going to be close to 30, if I'm not mistaken. He, uh, he's he got three more years three to more go years? for that. Yeah, yeah. so, I, you know, we'll see. He's got two yeah. more years of arbitration, and you know, this season, and then two more years of arbitration, and then he's a free agent, so we'll, right. we'll see. Right, well, definitely crossing our fingers as far as having Judge is concerned. Hopefully he can come back and, you know, uh, sometime in April, just it's, it's just a tough situation with him. Sanchez is a very frustrating uh, player in the sense that when he goes into his uh, defensive funks, when he when he has a period, period where he has difficulties with pass balls, it seems to affect his offense also. Yes, and that's not good. Great players, if they go into a defensive slump, it doesn't affect their offense at all. And that, that's just a bad trait. He's just very frustrating. He is a very frustrating player, Marty. And, and as always, thanks for the call. Um, you know, as he was talking, Marty, as you were talking, I, I was thinking of something that I watched. I don't know what day it was, and I don't even know where I saw it, but I watched a video about Gary Sanchez and how he's working on his defense. And I, you know, he posted a picture of him earlier in the spring, earlier in the winter, and he said, "Working on my swing or whatever." And I facetiously retweeted that, and I wrote, "Oh yeah, well, show me about you working on your defense." And you know, he did. And I wish I could retweet it now because I want to. I want to give him that, but. The one thing he's working on is this, and you don't think about it, but his pitch framing. He, the Yankees, he's working with the Yankees catching coach. I think he's a new catching coach, if I'm not mistaken. But in any event, Sanchez is sort of kind of, oh, you know who I think it was? I think John Boy had posted it. Sanchez is, 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 was not good at pitch framing because he would go down and then back up, and then that's a ton of movement. And the umpire, I was a former umpire myself, the umpire doesn't go for that. But he's doing this thing where he's now, I'm trying to replicate it in the studio here, he's doing this thing where he's like snatching the ball and, and that's it. And he's setting up lower and moving high. Setting up lower, moving high. And he's kind of raking through the ball. Um, and, and that's how he's doing his pitch framing. And, and that technique has worked with other catchers. So it'd be interesting to see now you know, which pitchers are going to be getting, or if the pitchers are going to be getting more of those borderline calls with Gary Sanchez behind the plate. And that could immensely help a pitcher out, I'm sure. You know that. So, you know, he it's not like he's not working on his defense. You got to give him that. He is. He's working on his pitch framing. That's one of the things. The next thing I would like to him to work on is limiting the pass balls. I mean, if I'm a pitcher and I have, let's say, you know, like a like a nasty sinker into the into the dirt or something, or you know, I just want to waste a pitch in the dirt. I I wouldn't have a ton of confidence that, especially with runners on base, especially with runners in scoring position, I wouldn't have enough confidence in Gary Sanchez's catching ability um, that it wouldn't go by him, and that would be a run scored. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's all that. But he, he is not standing by. He is working on some things on his defense. We can't we can't all pile on at this point about that. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's go to James. You're next, James in Long Island City. You're on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. How are uh, you, James? I'm I'm great. It's always good to hear you. I'm your political friend, so I'm up uh, ready to do some uh, stop church stops. All right. But uh, for one thing, I want to say how much I love the women's soccer team. They're absolutely, you know, incredible. I'd much rather watch them. Of course, they always do much better than our men's team. Mm-hmm. But I also want to talk about the Nets. 
Evan essentially has gotten me to become a Nets fan. Uh, I, I, I enjoy them quite a bit. And, uh, you know, particularly with the way the Knicks are not playing this year. But I, I couldn't believe it yesterday morning when I found out that they fired Kenny Atkinson. Uh, <laughs> I know. Tuesday's game uh, against Boston was one of the best pro games I've ever heard. Uh, I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so anytime Notre Dame comes back, I'm very happy. But it was just a great, 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 great game on Tuesday. You know, Wednesday was a real downer too. You know, the next day, but it, it's one of the, the biggest shocks, at least uh, you know, recently, of any team getting rid of a manager, a coach, whatever. It's you know, it makes no sense. Maybe we'll find out a little more down the road, but uh, not a good thing in my book. Yeah, and James, thanks for the call. And and if I mean, if you could read, if if people read between the lines. And, and now, especially with this story saying that, that Kyrie Irving wants Tyron Lue to be the next, next coach, you'd have to think that there was, I, I likened it in my open to, a, to a, uh, a little bit of a mutiny. I likened in my open earlier at, at, at what was now 3 o'clock instead of 2 o'clock but, because of the time change, but I likened Kenny Atkinson to Julius Caesar, and I likened Irving and Durant to Cassius and Brutus. And I feel that's exactly kind of what happened because you got two guys that were part of the regime. They had bought in, uh, allegedly. And then they ended up dethroning the leader the same way that happened in ancient Rome in whatever year, B.C., whatever, A.D., whatever, whatever year it was. The same thing is happening in 2020 Brooklyn. And now Kenny Atkinson... I'm telling you, he's going to be one of the highest coveted coaches, I think, moving forward. I mean, I think the, the Knicks should really take a good, long look at him because of Kenny Atkinson's, I don't want to say legacy because, you know, he's not done, but like his 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 reputation as a developer of young players. I mean, you watched it happen in Brooklyn. First of all, this guy got two within within four years. Let's just say his first three years. He got a team in his first year. He inherited a team, and his first year they won 20 games. By the third year, they were in the playoffs as the sixth seed. Tell me that's not a teacher of the game, fundamental basketball. Tell me. Try to tell me that. He developed. Everybody keeps pointing to the, the guys on the current roster. He was a major factor in developing D'Angelo Russell. Major. Just the Knicks, I mean, the Nets decided that they didn't want to sign him long-term. Instead, they brought in these two guys uh, of uh, Irving and Durant, and here we are. But talk about the development of young players. I mean, Joe Harris, Joe Harris became a household name after he won the three-point competition. No one knew who he was outside of our area, I want to venture to guess. You had Spencer Dinwiddie, 2018, won the All-Star Skills Competition. Jared Allen, the fro. I mean, Jared Allen, when you watch him, but first of all, it is he's only in his second season. He has, from last year to this season, doubled his blocks per game. He's got the best field goal percentage of the two years, and his points per game is up. Jared Allen, I love watching Jared Allen play. You know why? Because when, when he goes up for that alley-oop, it just reminds me of like, <laughs> like it's silly, but the old the old video games, you know, like a NBA Jam when when the guy was like on fire, you know, he reminds me of that. I guess it's the afro. I guess it's 
I don't know, just the way he looks and the way he plays. I just, I don't know, it reminds me of kind of old school basketball with him. And, you know, he's on fire. <laughs> NBA Jam, you know. Oh, man, those are the good old days. I know the good old video games. But I also love Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, he, that guy, I mean, he's a player, man. And, and it's all thanks to Kenny Atkinson. And then you hear about these guys, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, well, maybe Durant more than Irving, playing on Team USA this summer in the Olympics. Oh, come on already with that. Come on. You're not going to be playing for the, the Nets and the con- your bread and butter contract, but you're going to want to play for, for the Olympic team this summer? That's a joke, right? That was a joke, right? Unfortunately, I, I don't think it was. Got a lot of Nets calls on hauling. Cool. Uh, there's one line open. It has your name all over it. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan. And your biggest inform- uh, inspiration in your life playing football would be? Uh, my biggest inspiration would be my family, yeah. um, especially my daughter. Um, you know, I, I'm very uh, self-motivated. Uh, I have passion to just want to be great, and I want to be one of the best to do it. And so that's another inspiration to me. But um, to be able to show my daughter, and not only my daughter, but kids across the world, that um, you can do anything in life with your mind to it. And if you have the right mindset and the right work ethic, uh, anything is possible. Hashtag girl dad, say exactly. Paul Markley. Exactly. <laughs> girl dad, especially the loss of um, you know, one of my favorites in Kobe Bryant and Gigi. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's amazing to, to be a dad and to, to have a daughter. And um, what better way to be a girl dad and, uh, it's, and do that and bring her here and watch, you know, watch the greatest team in the world play. You recognize that voice. That is the New York Giants running back, Saquon Barkley, who today, coincidentally, was, was taken in the U.S. women's national team practice with his very, very young, I think about two years old or a little less, with his daughter. And I thought that was awesome. So, Thanks to Saquon. Thanks to the Giants for, for, for hooking me up with, with that. And the reason why we're talking about that is because today's International Women's Day. And in Italy, what they do is the, the men get these yellow flowers. They're called mimosas. <laughs> you go to the florist and you buy some mimosas and you give them to the women in your life, your sister, your mother, whoever. So maybe you want to win some brownie points today. Maybe you can <laughs> stop by the florist today and, and go pick some up if you're Italian or whatever. Um, but... Uh, so I'm going to the game later today, by the way, the U S women's national team game. I, as I sit here in my Tobin Heath Jersey, I hope to see you guys some of the, so there. And if not, I hope you guys carry on Kobe's legacy of, you know, investing time and effort into women's sports. So if you wanted to check it out, they play five o'clock today, the women's national team, five o'clock. There you go. And they're playing at Red Bull arena. I think it might be sold out. You might be able to get a ticket or two though. Got a lot of calls on hold, and we are motoring right till 6 o'clock when Bob Salter will take over. And uh, the biggest shocker of, of the weekend has been, well, two, really. One, Aaron Judge's rib um, fracture. That was Friday. That was like, you know, happy hour Friday news dump. And then Saturday morning was the Nets are mutually parting ways with Kenny Atkinson, who was 118 in 190 in three seasons with Brooklyn. That doesn't tell the total tale, though, because first two seasons were, were, were dismal. I mean, 28 wins, 20 wins in the first season, 28 in the second. But then the Nets made the playoffs in his third season. And if the season ended today, well, they'd be making the playoffs. They're the seventh seed if the season ended today. And I know we still have time. We have 42 calendar days to go. 
but there's there's the story on that. So those are the two main stories we've been kind of hitting tonight. Um, if, feel free to call in 877-337-6666. Sparky in Dobbs Ferry, you're on the fan. Good morning, Coach. What's up, Sparky? Um, first of all, I don't think the Nets will ever win with Kyrie Irving. And there's one question I wish I could ask him. I'd like to ask him, Kyrie, is it Kenny Atkinson's fault that you stole a paycheck this season? <laughs> well, you know who really stole the paycheck? Kevin Durant. He didn't see one game this season. True. And, and don't underestimate the, the voice that he has as well. I don't think it, I think it was the both of them. I, just, I don't think it was just Irving. Oh, it was a tag team effort, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And as far as the Yanks being favored, to me one of the biggest factors there is the fact that the Astros may mentally wear down throughout the season because of the constant hounding that they get oh, yeah. from the media and the fans. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's a fair point. I mean, look at it. I mean, it's only a matter of time before a brawl breaks out. You know what I mean? Where they, oh, they just they've had enough. Yep. Yep. And now you were mentioning before about Gary Sanchez and Joe Girardi, how, you know, let's face it, he did have a, a lot to do with Joe losing his job. Mm-hmm. But watching Philly, Girardi's going to have the reverse effect on Bryce Harper because I think he's the guy that's going to be able to get to Bryce Harper and watch that Bryce Harper's going to have the best year of anybody in baseball due to Girardi. Wow, that's that's a bold prediction there. But I think Girardi is going to do well in, in Philly, especially with D.D. Gregorius as his shortstop. But I, that's, a, that's a bold prediction there, Sparky, that Bryce Harper is going to have one of the best seasons in, uh, in all of baseball because Phillies fans, they're disappointed. Just like Yankees fans are disappointed in Giancarlo Stanton, you got Phillies fans that are very disappointed with, with the production that Bryce Harper put up or, or lack thereof um, this past season. Bob, in Manhattan, you're on the fan. Yeah, hi, Daniel. Um, <clears throat> on the Nets, um, I'm a Brooklyn born and bred and uh, really into the Nets since mm-hmm. the, they were Long Island and Dr. J. Anyway, I, I'm really outraged at the firing, and um, I heard Karis LeVert in an interview say that um, he's kind of like, well, he's now fully eyes open to the fact that <clears throat> in this league, um, nothing is off the table at any time. Mm-hmm. And he said it, not bitter, but also, hmm, you know, really, it put a real steel edge to the to the moment. And a, a lot of the fans, I think, like, you and I, the way you're talking, identifies totally with this, with this buying into this sort of, you know, this the balanced development of these players. You bond with them, and then you bring in the new regime, and right. the new regime is like win now and win now. And what Kenny Atkinson wants to do is figure out how to balance that those two poles, right? Those two that they shouldn't be poles. And he was doing it. People bought into that, and I think that that Joe Ty and 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 these two guys. Are basically essentially becoming sort of like uh, the dream that uh, that um, you know Dolan uh, would have. You know, you buy the superstars now, and you and you and that's what they're going to do. But man, they are sacrificing a lot. Of, I think they're w- really playing with fire here, risking torching the, the fan base. And uh, you know, maybe you know this, you know, like Ty- um, Kyrie becoming yet again a, a lightning rod, which this te- you know this is not what this team was about, right? Right, right. And, and Bob, I appreciate that you get. Like, like especially like you said, you get the the young guys playing together, and then the whole that buzzword culture, that whole culture is kind of uprooted when they bring in these two guys, these two superstars, in Durant and Irving, 
And then all of a sudden, everybody's in, you know, trying to find their pecking order and trying to find their role. It's just tough. I mean, it's just really tough. I think, I mean, it, most of the reactions that I've perused on Twitter today is is kind of shock, kind of like, are you kidding me? Like, why would they get rid of Kenny Atkinson? You know, but that's the way the NBA is today. If, if you know, they don't, if the players aren't happy, then something changes and it's not on the player side. It's more so on the coaching side. That's just what it is. And then you, you want to even start to think about what coach is going to be coming in. Uh, you, you know, my guess, your guess, I mean, it doesn't matter really. All that matters is Joseph Sy going to, who's the owner of the Nets, going to sitting in a round table with his Kyrie Irving and with his Kevin Durant saying, okay, who do you want? And Sports Illustrated at 12.40 a.m., only a couple hours ago, has put out an article saying that Kyrie Irving would like Tyron Lue as his coach. Okay. When's the press conference? Let's just let's just get it over with. You know what I mean? Come on. Lawrence in Belmar, New Jersey. You're on the fan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. All right. What do you got for me tonight? So, I, I'm a Nets fan. I've, I've been a Nets fan forever. I, I wasn't really sold on the whole Irving Durant thing. I felt like it was a real Hollywood move, and I, I didn't want, like, the superstardom to take over the culture of, you know, like the hard work that the team had been making towards getting to the playoffs and fire Kenny Atkinson out of nowhere. And like, what a, what a Hollywood move. And I, I think that we've officially cursed ourselves now with Irving. And I don't think anything good is going to happen with Durant and Irving. I think they're got the heads too big. They got rid of the good coach, but the Knicks got to call uh, Kenny Atkinson. Of they course. have to, if they, they should have done they, it already. They've, they've, what, what, what a great fit for the Knicks. They should empty the bank account to get Kenny Atkinson in there. Yep, I, I agree with you. Yep. His eyes for talent and everything, and he's already in New York. I bet you Kenny doesn't want to leave, and New York, I love him. And if he if he switches up to the Knicks, I might become a Knicks fan, honestly, Ooh. because I'm not. I'm really not. Who they got rid of D'Angelo, and and we have this this great culture, and they bought in these superstars, and it's like, what do you want? You want do you want the stars to win? Win a, a finals for you, or do you want us? Do you want the Nets to win a finals for you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, Lawrence, I get you. I do. And when they let Russell go, I was like, I don't know to bring in these two guys. I don't know. But if I'm the Knicks, I am already call, dialing the number of Kenny Atkinson. Like, bro, come in. Let's have an interview. Let's do it today. That's what I would do if I were the Knicks. I mean, Kenny Atkinson, especially. You know, we talked about his reputation as as a as a uh, skill builder. As, as a coach, as a teacher of the game. I mean, the Knicks, they have seven first-round draft picks over the next four seasons. And they've already got R.J. Barrett on their roster. So to 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 uh, the last caller's point, saying like, oh, do you want to win with the superstars or do you want to win with the Nets? I, I know what you're saying. I think, I mean, I'm not saying the Knicks are going to win the championship. It takes time to build programs. Believe me, I've done it. But... I think the Knicks could have something special with teacher Professor Atkinson and a class full of seven first-round draft pick students. Well, eight if you want to include R.J. Barrett. I think that could be a, an awesome move. Chris in Manhattan, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, great job. Uh, Danielle, I'm just getting wind of this. So you're saying, is it coming out that Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Durant had something to do with it, do you think? Or is it... <laughs> 
I mean, is there fa- I mean, I feel bad for Kenny Atkinson if those two clowns. And this is a fact. Kyrie Irving, I was never a fan. I think the kid's a mutt. I think he's a hypocrite. I think he's a piece of garbage. When he went to Duke, the only reason that he went to Duke, that why Coach K recruited him, I know this for a fact, because he was because he said you have to guarantee two, you guarantee me two years in college. He played seven games and went to the pros. Mm. So he went back on his word, and I know that for a fact. Trust me, Daniel. I'm not going to tell you how I know, but I know for a fact. And I said, this kid's a piece of garbage. And he's turned into a, 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 a man, a piece of garbage. To, I mean, do you think they had something? Do, do you think that that's true? That they had something to do with his firing? I think, and Chris, and thanks for the call. I appreciate I, the passion there because I think that if you kind of sort of read between the lines, yes, I absolutely think so. I mean, I, I think we're at the point where if you don't think so, I think you're being naive. I think these guys came in and they were like, listen, we're not happy with this. We're not happy with how this went down. I'm I'm sitting on the bench and I'm watching what's going on and I don't really like it. So we're here. We're the big fish. You can replace a coach. We barely even need be, to be coached anyway. Get somebody else in here. We don't like Kenny Atkinson. And then at that point, you lose. Uh, that's what Ian Begley said, that, that, some, that they lost, that Kenny Atkinson lost some players in the locker room. Okay, some. Once you got those two guys against the coach, you've got the rest of them on board with the players. Because if I'm a player, I'm not going against what Durant and Irving say, the GMs of the team. I'm not going against that. Because I don't want to be shipped out. So there was, like I said, a mutiny. There was like the the whole Julius Caesar and, and Cassius and Brutus thing going on in, in Brooklyn. Tony in Providence, you're on the fan. Good morning. Excellent show as always, Daniel. Thank you. Very quickly, um, the Yankees, I've never seen anything like it. With the one injuries, it's crazy. Now he judges him and Williamson, it's crazy. Um, I don't know what's going on there. And obviously, I'm thinking the Brady talk. I mean, that's what you hear about. Um, they make a decision. But um, I still think San Francisco or Tennessee um, would be the best bet because most teams can win right now. If it goes anywhere else, it'll be a tough gamble for him. He's close to Brady, but. Don't rule out San Fran or Tennessee, I think. What do you think about doing that? Yeah. What's your thoughts? Tony, that, that is one thing we didn't touch on tonight, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised, Tony. Thanks for bringing that up. Tom Brady and where he ends up. Yes. I mean, the possibility could be going back to the Patriots. A possibility could be you've heard the Titans. I mean, with the running back like Derrick Henry behind you, I, I would, if I was Tom Brady, I would kind of like that in, in insurance just to know that I don't have to throw the ball 40, 45 times a game. I can hand it off to Derrick Henry. That would be one. And the fact that they beat the Patriots in the in the playoffs this year, that would be number two. But then you think about the 49ers, and that was like, whoa, wait a second. You think that, you know, like, you ever see that meme of the guy with the calculus in, in his mind? Like, wait, that, that might work out too, because obviously the 49ers, I mean, obviously the 49ers are built to win now. I don't know. I, I think I'm still sticking with the the Las Vegas Raiders. I think I think there's something to it. I mean, did you? See, the stadium is beautiful. Have you seen it? They were putting the letters up uh, on like Thursday. Stadium is beautiful. They they have. I don't know. I I mean, they're not as close to win now as as the rest of them are. But they have a brand new stadium. There's no state income tax in Nevada, by the way. So Tom Brady would be seeing more of the money that he's earning 
I'm sure it's going to be a huge contract in his pocket. And I've had some contacts out there. He bought land. Tom Brady bought land in Las Vegas, or I guess right outside the strip area. Like, if you've ever been there, you know. So I think those would be the, the top four, obviously, that everybody's talking about. But if I had to put any money on it, I'd, I'd say I'd say the Las Vegas Raiders. I wouldn't be shocked. And then you've seen him tweeting at um, Antonio Brown, too. Something to watch, for sure. Especially after they vote this week on, on the contract, on the CBA. All right, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done it without you guys. I love coming here, talking to you all. Great job to Marufo on the gl- behind the glass tonight. All the calls and also to Mark on the updates. Bob Salter's up next. Want to listen to any portion of my show from tonight? Get that radio.com rewind feature up, up and running. Check out my, uh, by the way, WFAM website for my brand new podcast, Power Players. We got Susan Waldman up there, got me up there, and we got one more episode coming this week. I'll see you guys 2 to 6 a.m. next Saturday night into Sunday on this International Women's Day. Help Kobe realize his dream. Support some women's sports. Turn on the women's national game at 5 o'clock. I'll be there. Saquon Barkley told me they're the best team in the world. Why don't you follow his suit? All right. I'll see you guys next week. Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Sports Radio 66. The Fan WFAN.